Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into the Tuesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, the Tiger Communications app, or if you listen after the fact on the Sports Call podcast. My name is Ryan LaVoy. I'm the host of this show, and I'm joined by Tom Peavy and Brooks Childress here this afternoon. Brooks will be joining us in just a little bit. And I thank the guys for putting on a great show yesterday in my absence. As the guys mentioned, I was in Tampa, Florida, watching an abysmal football team lose at home uh, to the Dallas Cowboys, and so, but still had a great time over the weekend. Glad to be back here. Drove up the seven hours today, so if I slur my words, I apologize. We will try and keep it fun, though, and energetic on this Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Today, we will have Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. That will be at 4.30. Also have birthdays and sports coming up in just a little bit. A nightly TV guide as we progress. We'll continue to talk Auburn basketball. They get set for another midweek game, fresh off the heels of a victory against Mississippi State, with the, which the guys broke down pretty thoroughly yesterday. But we'll have a few more thoughts on this Auburn basketball team and uh, start to preview another week ahead. That's the beautiful thing about the college basketball season. You have weekend games to preview towards the end of the week, but at the beginning of the week, you're previewing the midweek. And uh, this has been a very fun college basketball season so far. I'm going to give some data a little bit later to the guys on the net rankings. We're going to kind of hash out which conferences are looking to be best just according to the net rankings. Net rankings kind of dictating some bubble slots and how they seed the NCAA tournament. So we'll go over a little bit about that as we progress here uh, towards the middle of January. Just about a month and a half or so left of college basketball until we get to the postseason tournaments and the big March Madness stance. So a lot to go over today. Again, Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress will join in just a little bit. Tom, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, Yeah, that football game last night, Tampa's got to figure out something on the offensive line. Uh, and, and obviously now the big question is with Tom Brady. Is he going to be a part of the Buccaneers next year? Is he going to be a part of the NFL next year? His press conference at the end of that game last night tended to sound more like he may be done at least with Tampa because of the way he was thanking everybody. Uh, Said he loved the organization. and Loved the organization. Thank the media. Thank, thank, the media. thank y'all for you know everything you've done for me. It, it felt like a farewell yeah. is what it sounded like and felt like. But I mean, really, for Tampa Bay, you know, going forward, they've got to figure out something on the offensive line. Were they the worst rushing team yep. in the NFL? Yeah, there was a period of time through about ten weeks where they were the worst rushing team in the last two decades. They yeah. got a little better than that, but they were still worst in the league this year. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if you're if you're the worst rushing team in the league, and you've got some good running, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, he's a little bit older, but Leonard Fournette's still a really good running back, and you've got some other running backs around him too. Drafted Rashad White in the second round last yeah. year. Yeah. So if you're struggling that bad in the running game when you've got some pretty darn good backs back there, then that makes me that that's like mm, offensive line. 
there's a problem uh, a la Auburn <laughs> got great running backs that can't seem to do a whole lot like our quarterback that's running for his life offensive line you got the greatest quarterback that any of us have seen in our lifetimes back there and, and the dude can't even hardly get his feet set before somebody's trying to sack him so uh but congratulations to the Cowboys. They move on, and now we get the uh, the classic uniform matchup of the Dallas Cowboys versus the San Francisco 49ers. For all the uniform geeks out there, that's the that's like one of the uh, classic NFL. Sure, I mean these are two great franchises. I mean, this sure. has, we'll have everything. Yeah. yeah, you get to you know the the thoughts back to the old Joe Montana days, the Joe Montana to Dwight Clark days, and just that. The, just the visuals of the Cowboys versus the Niners is, is very classic NFL. But, uh, yeah, but then talking Auburn basketball, we, we mentioned yesterday's show about the great win that they had. And now moving forward, got to do it again on the road. Um, it's a very winnable game against a, a, a team that Auburn is just better than. I mean, they just have more talent. And uh, but they've got to be able to take care of it on the road and, and need to do make some improvements from uh, from the Mississippi State game. And uh, one big thing we talked about last uh, yesterday was Auburn having to limit the turnovers. Can't have twenty turnovers. Um, one of the things that I looked at were the season stats, and you know Auburn they pride themselves so much on forcing turnovers and getting points off turnovers and being that just nasty defensive team. And they do that. They force a lot of turnovers. However, they turn the ball over just about as many times as they force turnovers. So it's all null and void. If you're forcing a lot of turnovers and you just turn around and hand it right back to them, then what's the point? So uh, a lot of improvements that need to be done with Auburn. Still getting the wins, but uh, they're, they're going to have to improve on some things if they want to keep the winning ways going. Yeah, certainly that was a weaker performance. I, that, as I told you off air, I did listen to the show yesterday in its entirety so i heard a lot of the breakdown i heard you talk about how auburn had only forced maybe like eight or ten more turnovers than they'd actually right. turn it over themselves throughout the course of this uh, 17 game season so far uh that mississippi state game was a very weird one you guys talked a lot about this yesterday that auburn shot the three very well 11 to 25 yeah. but mississippi state was o of 18 and yep. a news flash no matter how good of a defense you are the other team should at least hit a couple. Okay, yeah, They don't yeah. have to hit 40 or 35%. But towards the end of that game, there's some offensive rebound sequences where Mississippi State would kick it out, have an open three, mm-hmm. and they would just flat out miss it. To be quite honest, if that's someone else in the SEC, really a lot of other teams that just are decent shooting teams, even at home, Auburn might lose that game because – I mean, they had the three-point advantage. Right. Uh, Janai Broom obviously struggled. We talked a lot. Or you guys talked just, a little bit yeah, about that. Tolu did Smith, not have a good game. Tolu Smith definitely got the better of him in that matchup. But if State had any shooting to, to go along they with won that, that game. they would have won. Um, so not trying to just dog Auburn here. Obviously, it's a win. It's sure. uh, it's several in a few in a row now. Uh, and they're now 14-3, and three and they're looking – they're starting to move up the SEC standings pretty significantly here. But uh, this kind of still, even though it was a win, feels like a game that, again, if you move that game on the road, they probably do not win it. Or they you move that game to a higher-rated uh, team, such as a Tennessee, definitely in Alabama, yeah. that's not going to go well, even at home. So still plenty of things to work on. And, again, we're not going to just – Bash. This is not a, a bash Auburn basketball sure. session, but uh, but there's things you have to recognize. Right, those were the things that stood out to me most because at home you expect this team to 
not blow people out. I'm not going to say that. But you expect this team to at least be significantly better offensively at home because when you're at home, you get that crowd energy. You get more transition buckets. Uh, they When you shoot 40% from three, which is very rare for this team, you expect this to be a 15-point game, 10 to 15-point game. And it, it was at times Auburn tried to lengthen the lead out to about 10, and then State would knock it back down. Uh, but there were still some things where, okay, you score 69. It's a low-scoring game. You like the defense overall, but again, you acknowledge that the defense probably deserved to give up more if Mississippi State just hits a few jumpers. Uh, and, and so the bottom line here is they did win, and they've got a little streak going here, three in a row. They are tied for third now in the SEC with Tennessee. Uh, by the way, that Georgia team, which is their only loss, is still 3-1 uh, and one in the SEC, so Georgia's still hanging in there playing pretty good. There's a lot of weird things going on in the conference. Uh, so it's very notable that just that Auburn has come out of here 4-1 and one because you still look down the list a little bit. Uh, and I personally liked a team like Missouri. Well, they're down to 2-3. and three. Kentucky's 2-3. and three. LSU's 1-4, who's Auburn's next opponent. Talk a little bit about them. Arkansas is 1-4 in the league, yet still ranks 25th. Mississippi State, who Auburn just beats, 1-4. I, I feel like there are some surprising things there. The fact that I did not mention Vanderbilt down there towards the bottom of the league, uh, they're right in the middle. The fact that Florida, after looking pretty bad um, the week after, I think they lost to Texas A&M right after they lost to Auburn. Right. They've rattled off three in a row now. Yep. And some of these teams that, again, Kentucky, Arkansas, absolutely supposed to be tournament teams supposed to be quite frankly if you look at the preseason are both those teams are supposed to make some noise this year right and uh they're making very negative noise right now so all in all this team being four and one is a mighty good start sure but uh again these problems i here's what i'm scared against i guess tom I'm scared of getting this false sense of security in this big start record-wise because Auburn goes to LSU in the midweek, then they go to South Carolina. They should beat South Carolina no matter where they play that game. I'm just going to be quite frank. I, I know South Carolina beat Kentucky. But yeah. but then they the, just got absolutely got just blasted. By 40 points. Yeah. So they should win that game no matter where that is. If they go 6-1 and one in the league, then they host A&M. You still like their chances at home against A&M. Then they host Georgia. This team could, I'm not saying it will, could be 8-1 and one in the SEC. And I don't want to get this false sense of security that Auburn kind of got last year as a whole. And look, they were damn good last year, to be clear. But they did not have the postseason they wanted to have. And some of those issues that started happening in the SEC play Never got fixed, right. and it led to an early demise in the postseason. I don't want Auburn to get out to an 8-1 and start this year and then start to leak when they play Tennessee, Bama, have another road, a road game at Kentucky late. I don't want them to leak and then say, well, is there time to fix this? So you still want to see Auburn progressing through SEC play regardless of the wins and losses. Yeah. Uh, my thing with Auburn, uh, you know, and you go back again looking at Mississippi State game and – I, I like what you're saying about that. You're, you know, don't get that uh, false sense of comfort with what's going on with them. When you look at what they, all right, so they shot 11 of 25 from three. The main reason that was was because of Jalen Williams. I mean, five of seven. But when you go and you look at the rest of them, Wendell Green two of six, Flanagan was only two of four, 
Janai Broom was 0 for 1. Zepp was 1 for 3. KD was 1 for 2. And then Leor and Trey Donaldson were for 0 for 1. So without Jalen Williamson, or without, with, excuse me, without Jalen Williams, you're, 6 of 18 for the rest of the team. Sure. 33%. So you can't, I, I say you can't trust that Jalen Williams is going to keep doing that. You hope he can. You hope maybe you have actually found a shooter. But he hasn't been doing that the rest of the season. If, if this was something, if he was just that pure dadgummit go-to shooter that you could trust every single game, then yeah. But he hasn't been. He had a great game. Outside of that, Auburn was terrible at threes. And then you combine that with the struggles on the inside, and that's what worries me about this team is – yeah, you you kind of lived you, you lived by the three on that one because you sure did. Mississippi State won the won the battles on the inside in the areas that mattered. When you look at uh, at points in the paint, forty to twenty four in favor of Mississippi State. I mean that's a huge gap. Forty to twenty four paint uh, points in the paint. That that is pure domination on the inside by Mississippi State. And, and then you look at second chance points. You're seven uh, seventeen to nine. That's that's not good. And so when you have a team like Auburn that is not typically a three point shooting team, you got away with one against Mississippi State because you hit some threes or Jalen at least hit some threes. You're a team that does not need to be shooting twenty five threes a game. That you just do not need to be doing that. You're not a good three point shooting team. You have to win those inside battles. You have to be in the plus in points in the paint. You have to be in the plus in second chance points. You have to be able to win those inside battles and not force yourself to shoot 25 three-pointers. That is a recipe for many losses if Auburn is shooting 25 threes. They will will lose eight out of ten times, I would say, if they're trying to shoot that many threes because they're, like I said, just – Throughout the roster, not a good three team. You got away with one this one because you had Jalen Williams lighting it up, especially early. Yeah, that performance, uh, Auburn had been a sub 30% three point team yep. uh, the entirety of the season until that performance. They got him the 30.2, still nothing to write home about. Jalen Williams is their best three point shooter by percentage if you're excluding Chris Moore, who only takes sparingly or a, spare, uh, a few amount of threes. Uh, Williams is up to forty-two percent of the three on the three this year, sure. which is is interesting because again his form is not something that's the most smooth and, right. and something, but it's been the most effective because everyone else Flanagan's down at thirty-four percent. It's not horrible. It's not great. But then Wendell Green Jr. twenty-nine point two percent from three. Katie Johnson's just not had it all from three this year. Twenty-six point eight percent. Zepp Jasper is at twenty-eight point two. So pretty easy to see why this team's been hovering around thirty percent or lower for most of the year we're going to go ahead and take our first break of the show when we come back birthdays and sports then as mentioned we're going to take a look at the net rankings because this kind of gives you an indication of the quality of opponents Auburn still has on the schedule how they might rank out an NCAA tournament seating and just again the NCAA tournament committee uses net for a lot of things so we're going to stack up the SEC versus some of the other big conferences let you know how the SEC is coming in this is the Tuesday edition of sports call stay tuned
May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy hanging out right now. Brooks Childress set to join us in just a little bit. And of course, if you'd like to join us on the show today, call us on our Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-3401 or toll free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9 to be with us on the show today. Call in and ask questions, provide comments, and... Uh, Direct the conversation however you please. All right, uh, with that in mind, let's, though, before we have any calls today, let's go ahead and do our birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Birthdays in sports today, presented by Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you, one location on Gay Street in Auburn and the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. Let Max Credit Union help you with all of your banking needs. Today's birthdays in sports, Dwayne Wade turns 41, the former NBA guard who played all but two seasons with the Miami Heat, was born in Chicago, played college basketball at Marquette. 2002 as a sophomore, Wade led Marquette to the Final Four and was an All-American as well as Conference USA Player of the Year. Yes, I remember when Marquette was in Conference USA. It was a weird time. St. Louis was in there. Uh, DePaul. Some weird teams before they go on to like the Big East and stuff or in CUSA. He declared for the NBA draft following the tournament, was selected fifth overall by the Miami Heat, played 15 seasons in the NBA, 13 of them again, including his final season with the Heat, 13-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, was a scoring champion, three-time NBA Finals champ. His number three is retired by both Marquette and my, the Miami Heat, soon-to-be Hall of Famer Dwayne Wade, turns 41. Derek Mason, not the coach. Derek Mason, the former NFL wide receiver, turns 49 today. Mason set several high school records in Michigan, played college football at Michigan State. During his four-year career, he set a team record for kickoff return yards with 2,384. That's a lot of yards. He also caught eight touchdowns and was taken in the fourth round of the 1997 draft by the Tennessee Titans and played until 2011 for the Titans, Ravens, Jets, and Texans. Two-time Pro Bowler and one-time All-Pro, Derek Mason turns 49 today. Enzo Fernandez turns 22, midfielder for Beneficia and the Argentina national team. Fernandez started playing soccer in 2005 at just four years old and was signed to a youth squad at seven. Kept signed to a youth squad at seven. I just wanted that to sink in for everyone. Made his pro debut in 2019 and signed with Beneficia in 2021. In 2022, made his first appearance for the Argentina national team in the World Cup and helped the club to win its third World Cup this past year. Fernandez was named Young Player of the Tournament. Enzo Fernandez turns 22 today. 
and Kyle Tucker turns 26, outfielder for the Houston Astros. Tucker played baseball in Florida and was Gatorade's Player of the Year for the state. He was taken fifth overall in the 2015 draft by the Astros, made his debut for the team in 2018. And, of course, he is still their starting outfielder. He's a one-time All-Star and Gold Glove winner and a one-time World Series champion. Kyle Tucker, the powerful hitting lefty, turns 26 today. And those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. Solid list there. Dwayne Wade, Derek Mason, Enzo Fernandez, and Kyle Tucker. Yeah. Um, kind of an okay list. <laughs> I said, what I said? I said solid list, right? You said solid. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's kind of okay. Well, you have a, a soon to be NBA Hall of Famer. Yeah. You have Derek Mason, who was an all pro wide receiver. Sure. You've got this soccer star, Enzo Fernandez, who's 22, just won a World Cup, and Kyle Tucker, who's world champion and an all star with Astros. See, I think the only one on there that I even recognize really is Dwayne Wade. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I I get. That's why I, I understand say it's not okay knowing. Yeah. Gotcha. I understand not knowing Enzo Fernandez because again, young guy, soccer. Sure. Not everyone's cup of tea. Uh, but I remember Derek Mason a little bit. I mean, I know he was a little older when I was growing up. Right. But, I mean, he. I remember him being quite good. And then uh, Kyle Tucker is a very powerful lefty for the Astros. Yeah. So. What. Okay, we'll agree. Like said, it was okay. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, Not filled with superstars like, wow. Well, tomorrow I'm going to try and do better for you, Tom. And I have, Well, you can't control uh, exactly. You can't control who has birthdays. <laughs> exactly. Do better on making these people's birthdays we're, line we're, up with us. Right, I need to spread them out more. You know, Tiger <laughs> and LeBron think they can have the same birthday in December. It's like, well, you know, maybe you, you two gentlemen should figure out a different birthday. Speaking of LeBron and kind of birthdays, did uh-huh. you did you see the clip of uh, Jabari Smith Jr. jawing with uh, LeBron? I did. Um, I was uh, <laughs> Brant told me that uh, when I came in today, um, and I had not uh, seen that game obviously last night. And uh, he was talking about yeah, his uh, his dad played against LeBron in his first game. Yeah. LeBron said, "Why are you doing that to me, man?" <laughs> yeah, that that's got to make him feel old. I mean, and like LeBron, well, he asked knows. him. He said, "It makes you feel old." Yeah. And LeBron just kind of like you see, he was laughing. He's like, "Why you got to do that to me, man?" Yeah, back in what was that? Oh four that he debuted or oh three? Yeah. And um, uh, I did never made that connection that Jabari's dad was on the Kings at that time. Right, but. Um, yeah, that I think uh, Jabari was what six months old or something like that. He was under a right. year old uh, when that happened, and uh, that's crazy. That uh, and I'm sure you know Brady's running into that uh, in absolutely. the NFL, and sometimes that's incredible. And that's like another weird way of saying someone has had this really long, incredible sure. career. Um, but I do want to actually talk NBA for thirty seconds here. Everyone rolls eyes vigorously, but it's Auburn relevant, so everyone yeah. hang in there. Yesterday, Walker Kessler. Oh, yeah. So, 20-point, 20 20-rebound 20 game. I'll get his official numbers here in a second. 20, 20 points, 21 rebounds. 20 and 21, it. okay. But what was significant about it, and uh, I did, I think I heard Brant mention this on the show, but, but but not this part of it. Here's what was significant about that. He could, he's playing for the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Who drafted him? Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. And he did it against Minnesota. Why was he traded? Because Minnesota wanted Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert's battled some injuries, so this is not fair. They only right. ended up playing five minutes. But Rudy Gobert played for the Timberwolves sure. last night, and he had two points and a rebound and five <laughs> points. Meanwhile, in 31 minutes, Walker Kessler, 20 points, 21 rebounds on 9 of 13 and a couple blocks. Oh. And, uh, and I'm just – nine. What was it, nine assists? No, he didn't have a, a bunch of assists. Let oh, me, it was uh, a four? 
I, I looked at that rundown, and they had the he whole, had four assists. Okay, yeah. it was four assists. Yep. And so, I mean, but still four assists for a center. So, well, not, uh, well, yeah. Right. Jeez, 21 rebounds. Yep. He's oh, essentially goodness. doing what Rudy Gobert did for Utah. Right. And I, it's, so, it's so cool to see because, again, I, you know, Kessler has a very particular set of skills. Sure. And as a big man, there's a very small room for error when you can't shoot in today's NBA uh, because the NBA is just all about – I mean, some of the best big guys – Nikola Jokic shoots threes. Carl Anthony yeah. Downs shoots threes. Joel Embiid shoots three. Like Joel Embiid would have never shot threes thirty years ago. That big mass of humanity would have just stood on the block, sure. and terrorized you there, right? And yet he's out there shooting threes and it hits him at like thirty six percent. I'm not saying he shouldn't do that, but in today's NBA, even the big centers that are really good typically shoot. And so for Walker to have this kind of an impact, not be, not having added to the offensive game yet, maybe one day he will. Maybe one day he will start that from the perimeter. But being able to start playing 30 minutes a game, pulling down, and he's had some other really great games with blocks and, and rebounds and stuff. For him to have this impact, I think he's actually been more impactful than Jabari sure. this year. Uh, Jabari's kind of struggled, honestly. Right. And, uh, all these Auburn guys, out of all of them, I think that Kessler's having the most, at least the most surprising, but maybe even the most significant year. Yeah, no, I absolutely. Um, Jabari has had some, he's had some really good games, and then he's had some games where he's just been completely quiet. But uh, yeah, I mean Kessler, Kessler has become a force on the inside, and and he keeps consistently having good games for for Utah. And then last night was just an incredible performance. I, I mean, 21 rebounds in a game is absurd. I mean, that's doing some work on the boards to pull down 21. And and, and I, I didn't watch the game, but I can guarantee you that it was not 21 because they just happened to bounce off and come to right. him. I mean, he's he's banging and doing work and pulling down 21 rebounds. Uh, and then, obviously, the 20 points. He's not an outside shooter, so – He's uh, he's getting his points on the inside. Probably some of the I'm, I would assume a good portion of those twenty one rebounds were probably rebound putbacks, and so you you get you kill two birds with one stone. You get a rebound and two points. So uh, yeah, I mean a great performance for him and the Auburn guys. Yeah, they're they're stepping up. Um, Sharif has been just making highlight reels in the is, is that the, the G League? That yeah. is the G League. See, I couldn't remember what they call that. It now. used to be the D League for right. developmental league, and then they went and got sponsors, so it's the NBA G League, G like, league. as in Gatorade kind of deal. Ah, uh, gotcha. But Sharif's been making highlight reels in that. Whether he eventually gets his NBA chance or not, I don't know. But uh, it was they, they're making Bruce Pearl proud. Yeah, it was weird because Sharif had such a troublesome uh, preseason and kind of year last year or uh, summer league and not shooting well. And so he is now filling it up in the G League, as you point to. A couple more numbers on Kessler quickly here before we go to break. So they're starting to realize um, that he needs a lot of playing time. So these are his numbers in the last five games. Um, 10 points, 6 points, 13 points, 15 points, 20 points. 11 rebounds, 11 rebounds, 9 rebounds, 12 rebounds, 21 rebounds. And block shots, 6, 1, Seven, two, two. So Kessler, his raw numbers aren't huge because early in the year he didn't play a lot, uh, which is traditional for a rookie, obviously. But uh, this year um, he is now averaging seven and a half points, seven point two rebounds, two blocks even, 
but in just 19.8 minutes. If you project that out, um, and, and usually you can get like a per 36 minutes because that's almost like a what a starter is expected to play. But right. you can since he's playing 19, you can almost times it by two, and that would be his averages if he started. I mean, he could easily be about 14, 15 points, 14 rebounds. And four blocks a night is what he would almost be on pace for for averaging if he were playing starters minutes from the get-go. So Walker Kessler has been tremendous. I know uh, the numbers on Jabari aren't as great. He kind of sparked this discussion because of the playing LeBron last night and him talking to LeBron about his dad. But uh, the Auburn guys, the, the fact of the matter is, though, they, they're still out there and they are becoming a little bit more populated with Auburn guys in the NBA. Just looking for a couple more of those guys to take off. We need to take our next time out of the show. We're going to go to the Auburn Bank phone line when we come back. Stay tuned. This is the Tuesday edition of Sports Call. to join our conversation tweet us your thoughts on twitter at sports call au this is philip lolly former auburn tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 national championship team and you are listening to sports call Back to Sports Call here on this Tuesday afternoon. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy with you here. Brooks Childress set to join us in just a few minutes. Fun time so far on the show. We've got a lot to do. I was in the car again uh, seven hours today and was listening to the guys of the show yesterday. They did a great job. If you, check, if you missed that, go check it out on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. And uh, there was a lot of things that they hit on that uh, I was kind of sad couldn't hit on myself. But that's the beauty of a a five-day-a-week show and (laughs) me going from being on a couple times a week to all the times of the week. It's like, it can come back around. And so we've already talked some more Auburn basketball. We'll have to uh, tie in some NFL playoffs again as now all the matchups are set. Got a few thoughts on that. And again, as I said a little bit earlier, I want to go through the net rankings here of college basketball because I think those are important to start monitoring now that we're 16, 17, 18 games into the season. Only got about 10 to 14 more, depending on how long you go in the conference tournament. So we'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit as well. But for now, let's go to our Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today, 334 337-3401 887-3401 or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. First up on the show today, Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve joins us. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing fine and uh, welcome back. It's good to hear your voice, Ryan LaVoy. Thank you, sir. You have my condolences. It must have been a pretty, uh, I guess, a not very pleasant trip for you back seeing uh, the performance last night of uh, uh, the Bucks, and particularly, uh, gee, I, I can't even explain uh Tom Brady's performance last night—it was—it was torturous. Yeah, I don't think that was all on Brady. Uh, offensive line. Uh, I think a, a, a good portion of it was offensive line. I, I definitely don't think Brady was awesome, but uh, I don't think that he uh, was at fault for everything. Uh, but I, I would just like to say, though, um, still as the season came to a close, that I still enjoyed immensely 
being able to be there. Obviously, the result is not as a fan what you want to see, but um, I still just enjoy the fact that I get to go to those football games. I never thought growing up that I would be making seven-hour drives to go see my favorite NFL team in a, in a million years. I never thought that would happen. So even in, in defeat like that, even in a uh, blowout defeat like that, uh, I still am very grateful for the opportunity to, to go down there as a fan and support the team. Well, good. I'm glad you're able to see it in a different light then. Uh, you know, I just never expected it to be that kind of blow. I thought it would be more competitive. I mean, the, the, obviously the Vegas odds makers thought it was going to be a close game. They only made them a three-point uh, underdog. Right, and uh, Vegas got a couple wrong, and they got a couple really right. Like, they got that Cincinnati-Baltimore uh, game dead on over the weekend, and, and sometimes they get it wrong, too. And, and I, I would have gotten it wrong, too. I did think Dallas would win, but I thought it would be a one-possession game. I thought Tampa – uh, would have a chance to uh, do something at the end. Maybe they would finally not be able to accomplish it, or maybe they would, and then Dallas would answer late. But I did think it would be a close game, so I was surprised and obviously a little disheartened to to see how thoroughly Dallas whooped them. Now, uh, if I recall correctly, Ryan, I think you shared with us, you said in the, one of the end zone sections, is that right? Yes. Uh, okay. So yeah. did you happen to be on the end zone section in which those four in a row missed extra points were uh, uh, made? Well, they happened on both ends. Uh, he was, oh, he, he was, yeah, he, he missed yeah. some on both. Uh, I think, I think it was two and two. I think he missed two on the other end. He missed two on our end. I couldn't believe it, and he made NFL history by doing that. And then uh, the he only missed three, I think, extra points the entire season. Yeah. yeah, which honestly, three. I mean, it's not a ton, but guys like Carlson and Tucker, they're probably missing one yeah. a year. Honestly, maybe not even in some years. So that's a little more than normal. But yeah, to miss four in one game, an NFL kicker. Uh, to my understanding, he's going to be the kicker again this weekend. Obviously, he made his last kick of the night, but uh, that's got to be concerning anytime they need him to kick against San Francisco. I mean, there wasn't any wind blowing that. Uh, the, I mean, was it yeah. windy there? No, not on? especially. It was a little yeah. little breeze, but it was nothing more yeah. than a couple miles per hour. Stay, I mean, kicking, you can talk to any kickers and, and and any coach of kickers, and it's very much like golf, and sometimes you get the yips. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, some, they're the, some of the best pros out there can stand over a three-foot putt that they hit 90% of the time, and for whatever reason, they just cannot hit that three foot putt, and it's just it's the yips. And I think that's what he had. I would almost guarantee you he turns around next week and doesn't miss a single one. Well, he was fortunate that none of those kicks mattered. Right. That, that's yeah. what I was thinking the first couple times. I mean, after they scored four touchdowns, I kind of like, well, it's not going to matter anymore. But the first couple that he missed, knowing that Tampa's had a propensity to, to come back this year and win close games, I was like, well, that, that might be regrettable later. But uh, the only thing I would say is just if his confidence got truly shook from that. If if he's okay confidence-wise, Tom's right. He's probably going to nail 55-yarder next week. But if his confidence is, is shaken – then the, he's not probably getting that back uh, in one game. And so it, it's going to be very – that first kick, whatever it is, point after, short field goal, long field, that first kick is going to be so vital for him on Sunday. And, of course, they're going to need all the points they can get to beat San Francisco. Well, of course, I have flashbacks of when uh, – uh, was it Vaughn? Yeah. Was it four or five? Uh, uh, John Vaughn. Goals, yeah, John, John yeah. Vaughn missed five against – The game, they could have won it at any point. Yeah. And we couldn't win it. Yeah, yeah. That was John Vaughn at LSU, and Auburn had that game. Should have won that game in, in Baton Rouge, 
And, uh, yeah, missed five field goals, including a game winner and then another one in overtime. But at least they were field goals. They weren't extra points. True. But now they – it's not – I mean, NFL, these guys are getting paid a, a lot of money to kick field goals, but they have moved the extra points back. So, I mean, it's a bit of a longer field goal. However, it's not just outstandingly long. I mean, it's it's – it's a distance that these guys hit in their sleep over and over again. The guy just had a bad night. I, I just he there was probably one little thing off on his mechanics that were messing him up. Just like I said, just like golf, one little thing in a golf swing, and it, and it's either going to go far left or far right. I mean, it's all got to line up perfect for you. So, guys, question uh, for for especially for you, Ryan, too. Um, is this it for Mister uh, Brady? Yeah, so I mean that that is the million million dollar question. Um, I think he's done in Tampa. I would not bet a lot on it because there were some rumblings um, in the last couple of weeks that, that Bucks would very much still be in the running for him. Although the way he kind of left the post game press conference was interesting to me. Um, I still think the Raiders will have a very good chance of him. I think the Bucks' chances are improving just because the 49ers might go with Purdy. You know, Purdy keeps doing this for them. Uh, they're just going to keep their young quarterback, and it's going to be Brock Purdy's show there, and they're not going to try and disrupt that. Uh, so that could be one suitor that's out there that that would not be interested any, any longer. So I think, look, I bottom line – I want the guy to play next year. Obviously, I'd love for him to play in Tampa, but uh, I don't just wish greatness away like that. And so even if it's with the Raiders or Titans or Dolphins or, or whoever uh, might come calling, I would really like to see Brady play another year. I think the offensive line kind of screwed him up. I think the coaching staff was abysmal this year for Tampa, and I, I think he's still got – I can't believe I'm saying at age 45 for him, but I still think he's got one or two more good years in him. Well, see, Ryan, that's what I'd say to him. Say, why, why are you doing this to your body, man? You're 45 years old, and these people, you know, they're coming at you. They ain't taking it easy because, you know, uh, you're 45. They don't care. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, and clearly uh, he makes different decisions than the rest of us would. Um, I, you know, uh, he lo- I, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure I don't want to speak – everything for their personal lives but it certainly seems from the outside that this cost him a marriage uh i would never want to go down that road um this game though is he's he's talked about this and i watched uh he did a uh, a series called man in the arena and it came out last year it was 10 it was 10 episodes for every super bowl he went to it talked about every year uh and then they did a little hour long the kind of documentary of the season his nine in new england and then his one in tampa that he went to uh even the ones he lost and at the very end of the 10th episode there's something that struck me that still just is with me and he was talking about family and he was talking about his children and at this time he was not divorced yet and he was talking about trying to be a good father the way that his father had been so great to him. But he said at the end something along the lines of there's a torment within him for the game of football that he does not wish on his children or on anyone else. There's a torment to where he, he's just basically addicted to the game. And that's what's kind of been driving him. That's what, what would it take someone to play this long? I mean, you have to ask yourself. And it's because the dude just can't imagine doing anything other than football. And 
look, I, I mean, who am I to question his priorities? Who am I to tell him the greatest ever to not play another year? But clearly he recognizes that he, he is obsessed with the game of football and that it's <laughs> almost to his own mission seems like a problem in his life. Well, yeah, I'll say, you know, right off what you said, and I haven't seen that series, it sounds like to me he may need some professional mental health, you know, counseling uh, when he does retire to help him adjust to the non-football uh, part of his life. I mean, the way you word it, uh, very possible. Again, not for me to, uh, not for me to say, but uh, he definitely has a, uh, at least I'll say, a passion for football that not many others that have ever walked the earth have. I'll, and I'll leave it at that. All right, moving on real quickly, guys. Today in history, in 1916, do you know what uh, what organization was formed? In 1916. Mm-hmm. On this date. Mm. And I'll tell you, it happened in New York City. Oh, uh, the Gi- Giants? I don't know. Uh, the founding of a very, very, very popular, for those who play the, the game, very popular professional organization. I don't know. Professional Golfers Association, the PGA. Oh, the PGA. Okay. I was thinking like the New York Giants who would move to San Francisco, but maybe they were long there before then. Okay, the PGA Tour. Yeah, yeah, and... Uh, the PGA it says Association. here, according yeah. to the History Channel, that uh, the person who funded most of it, uh, his name was uh, Robert Watermaker, who ended yeah. up being Macy's uh, stores, and uh, apparently he wanted to make uh, golf be a lot more popular than apparently it was at the time. And so the very first PGA uh, apparently uh, championship was played in October that year, uh, and it was played in Bronxville, New York. All right. Well, yeah, uh, the the winner of the PGA Championship every year gets the Wanamaker Trophy. That's what it's called. Yes, right. You're right. All right. And thanks for reminding me. And the trophy in the purse that year, now remember, this is 1916, okay, so I don't know what it's worth today's money, was $2,580. Yeah, they they make a little bit more than that now. But I don't know what that that money would be, you know, uh, now, what that's worth. But anyway, that's, that's uh, my sports history there. All right, guys, about our team. Uh, this comes from Nathan King, and I want to get your take on this. He says that all the four, four best players that we're, we're, we're going to need to rely on, and I, I pretty much I think I concur with him, uh, for us to continue uh, to winning these tough games that are remaining, are going to be Broom, Williams, Green, and Flanagan. Yep, 100%. And we've talked about that on the show last week that those were the four that were separating themselves uh, in playing time. That's who Bruce Pearl's been trusting with the most minutes the last five, four or five well, games now. Cardwell? I mean, he's, he's a role player. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's got 10 to 15 minutes to give as the backup big, trying to have some rim protection, maybe a few putbacks, but um, he's not above Janai Broom in the pecking order. And what about Chris Moore? Chris Moore's a great hustler, and I think there's always going to be value in that. Someone that grinds out on the glass despite being a little undersized is physical, will attack the rim. He's hit open threes this year. Not shot a lot of them, but hit open threes. He'll play. He'll continue to be in the rotation when he is healthy. I'm not exactly sure when that will be. But, yeah, he still has a role in this team. Okay. And speaking of Chris Moore, uh, I just read uh, from Nathan King as well that apparently he will be traveling with the team. That's a good sign. Yeah. But if he's going to be traveling, does that necessarily mean he'll be playing at all? Right. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying that with him traveling, 
that usually indicates that he's he's more of a day to day or week to week situation than it is. Oh, he's out for a long period of time. Okay, what guys is your uh, best? I guess uh, not not projection, but uh, best outcome. What's our ceiling for these remaining so called uh, less difficult games that are that are right now uh, coming up? The four four that that are coming up right now. Two at home and two on the road, right? Yeah, you're talking about at LSU, at South Carolina, host right. A&M. Uh, are you talking about the West Virginia game or just the uh, SEC games, the host Georgia SEC game? SEC games. Yeah, the host SEC Georgia game. game. Yeah. I think they can go 4-0. Oh. I, yeah. I, that doesn't mean they will, but I, I think they're better than all the teams are playing. So Their, it's, t- their toughest team they play, they play here at home. Right, uh, which would be Georgia. Um, and so, uh, or Texas A&M, uh, honestly. I'm actually one. going to A&M more than no, Georgia. I'd say A&M is, yeah. They're going to be a uh, well, sure. I'm just saying overall, A&M's 12 and five undefeated in the league, but Georgia's 13 and four with only one loss in the league. So I, yeah. they're they're a similar they're caliber, similar, it yeah. seems. Um, either way, though, I, Auburn's better than all four of those teams. I do think they'll win their home games, and I think they'll beat South Carolina. So really, I think they're either going three and one or four and zero in their next four. And I think really it probably depends on this game tomorrow night. And by the way, Steve, we've got only about a minute and a half left in this hour. Just letting you know. Okay, uh, appreciate the heads up there. So. Other than that, guys, uh, I'm glad to hear that you're back, and uh, it's always good uh, to hear your comments. So with that said, thanks for your time, and uh, I uh, will talk to you tomorrow. And have a safe afternoon and evening, guys. And until next time, we should be tomorrow, and it'll be uh, War Eagle to you guys. War Eagle, see, we appreciate that phone call, as always. That is retired War Dam Steve joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. Just about 30 or 40 seconds left here uh, in this first hour. Uh, a lot of Auburn basketball uh, in this first hour. We will have more to update you on in the Auburn basketball. Uh, I've been seeing some top 25 polls come out for college baseball, for college softball. A nice friendly reminder that we're a little less than one month away from first pitch of both those sports. Softball will come up the week before. Yeah. Uh, baseball will. And we'll have to break down those polls. We hope to get uh, some more guests on the show, preview Auburn baseball. And uh, that's right around the corner, of course, on the heels of a College World Series team for uh, for baseball. And then with that softball program, I have a sneaky suspicion that Mickey Dean's club could be up to something this year. I think they're going to have some big-time bats. Think about Bree Ellis and company. Yeah. So, Preseason like, 19, I think. You were the one that told me that because I, I, uh, I saw the baseball poll. I did not see the softball poll. But uh, are ranked in the preseason. Auburn baseball is not. We will pre we will break down those polls in future shows, but uh, certainly just a reminder that's right around the corner. Just about three weeks for softball and four weeks for baseball. Very exciting time of year. We need to take the end of our number one break. A lot more fun, including Brooks Childress, ahead in our number two. Stay with us. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. 
It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two underway here on this Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Ryan LaVoy joined by Tom Peavy and Brooks Childress now on the program. Hey, yo. Brooks, thank you for hosting yesterday. You guys did a great job. You're welcome. Um, I... I think that we have a great team, no matter if we're talking second starter, bullpen, if we're talking position players pitching. I think no matter what, I think we've got a great team. That's nice of you to lie to us. Uh, well, that's <laughs> okay. I, that's not a lie. But uh, if you don't want to accept that, uh, then fine. Uh, would... You guys are, are bench warmers and just go talk to, I don't know, someone else about a different team. I don't know. I was told I had to bring the fun. Is that true? Uh, yeah, uh, there is some fun involved. Okay, and probably uh, we'll we'll see how this goes, uh, and also how the Justin Ferguson conversation goes at four thirty, of course, of the Auburn Observer. We like to have some fun with Ferg, and sometimes Brooks asks great questions, and I'm going to initiate it this time. Go for it, and I'm going to ask him about a certain uh, operation that's about to uh, open up in April. About a certain beaver. Yeah, about a mile away from our studios. Will that cause traffic concerns on this exit <laughs> and the exit over from us? I was going to say, probably not this exit, but now uh, exit 50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope they are and ready with the new traffic You know what the worst thing about it is? And I'm listen, if you are if if you are corporate buckies and you're listening to us, we would love a sponsorship deal. Yeah. Um, but the worst thing about it is that was our back way to get to Auburn football games. Like, nobody goes that way to get to football games. Everyone comes up South College Street or, you know, another one comes from the north on 280. Nobody goes that way that was our back way to get to get to the now everybody's gonna be getting off of bucky's and it's just gonna be traffic nightmare when we're going to football yeah it will be uh and that's okay we're gonna get through it together uh or we're gonna cry one of the two i'll cry uh but uh let's let's turn our attention a little bit in the meantime um we will continue to of course update everyone when there are portal rumblings and that sort of thing things starting to quiet down a little bit auburn's only gotten you know a quarter of a roster over the last couple weeks so uh can't can't always have the volume that they've had so let's talk uh, some more basketball items real quickly because i I teased this in hour number one and i wanted uh brooks to be a part of this too i saw this the other day and of course this changes every day but I, i checked and and the main stuff here is still correct and so we're talk net rankings this time of year uh, as we start to gear up towards the NCAA tournament committee. And, and look, for Auburn, now that they've got a win streak going, this is not something they're going to have to worry about as far, as far as getting into the tournament. Of course, it always helps the seeding. But wanted to go through the conferences here with the most teams in the top 50 of net rankings because the committee really focuses on wins against top 50 net teams. So – with you guys thinking about this here and your and your opinions of the best conferences when you think about college basketball right now, which conference do you expect has the most top 50 net rated teams? What conferences come to mind? You can name multiple conferences here. Like we're just guessing right now? Yeah, just the top four or five here 
in the net rankings with most teams in the top 50. Well, I mean, ACC always comes to mind just because of the teams, the the Blue Blood type teams that are in there. Tied for third. Tied for third. Uh, Big 12. I was going to say Big 12. Number one. They yeah, had eight teams. Remember, they only have 10 members right now. Right. Eight of their 10 members are in the top yeah. 50 in the net. And then you got to go with the SEC. SEC's tied for third with the ACC. Wow. Okay. They so have, Big both 10? have six. So then the Big 10? Yeah. Big 10 has seven. Okay. So I wanted to run through these just so everyone's aware of kind of the resumes that are starting to form for the SEC. So number two in net. And remember, this is... Perfectly imperfect. Uh, uh, this is not how I would grade out the top teams in the country. But this, again, matters for some seeding. The committee looks at this. Number two in net is the Tennessee Volunteers, despite the loss to Kentucky. They're the number two rated team in the net. Number three is Alabama. Okay, so those are not shocking. Just maybe where Tennessee is. You have to go a little while till you get to the next SEC team. You have to go to the 26th, and it is Auburn. Of course, Auburn is rated higher than 26 by the Associated Press Top 25, but they're 26th in the net, uh, right behind Duke, by the way. 27th is Arkansas, so Arkansas is still hanging around. They are ranked 25th, so their AP poll ranking is very close to their net. Then you go down a little bit further. Kentucky is 41st in the net. The team that's behind them is hilarious to me. The team behind them is College of Charleston. If you told Kentucky basketball that they're right beside the College of Charleston, they would probably uh, think Billy Gillespie was coaching them. (laughs) Um, And then you have Florida rounding out the SEC teams, and they are 50th on the dot. Just outside the top 50, Missouri's 53, Mississippi State's 54, Texas A&M is 57. And again, that surprised me a little bit because Texas A&M is the team, or not the team, Alabama's also, but one of the two teams undefeated in the SEC. They're 12-5 and overall, but they're undefeated in the SEC, yet they are behind the likes, again, of Mississippi State, who's been pretty bad recently, Missouri, who's been pretty good but lost a couple, Florida, who is 10-7 and overall, and they're 50th, um, and then again, you know Kentucky, who has just a, an abysmal loss. I, I, the real, the real fun fact here is to try and go find where South Carolina is. I bet that's fun. <laughs> uh, but does anything stand out to you? Uh, Auburn again, the third highest ranked SEC team, yet they're twenty six. Technically, they're not in the top twenty five according to the net. Anything stand out? Um, I, I mean, it's surprising to me that Auburn is ranked that high in net. You think they'd be lower? I, I figure okay. I, if, if you made me guess their net, it would be much lower than that. Interesting. Just because uh, not of a, a big of a non-conference resume. Right, much. exactly. Okay. That's fair. Um, if, if I, you know, if, if I didn't know kind of what, and I just looked up to refresher, if I didn't know kind of their schedule going into this, I would have said Tennessee probably should have been lower. But with... Uh, with wins over, you know, uh, they had one over Kansas earlier in the year. Um, they had uh, a close loss to Arizona, uh, and then highly you know, ranked team through you know this first couple of weeks of the uh, or a few weeks of the SEC slate. They you know were undefeated until you ran into that Kentucky team. Um, I if if I hadn't told you or if I didn't know that they had had played you know a, a pretty tough schedule going into this I would have said they should have been lower but I I can see why they're up that high maybe bump them down you know maybe bump down a couple spots I'd still keep them you know a top 10 top 5 
uh, well, maybe right around five uh, for the net. Alabama, same. Um, I just, you know, they, they, they had the close loss to Gonzaga earlier in the year, but that was on a neutral floor, a neutral floor in Birmingham. Um, who who else has Alabama played? Have they played anybody outside the SEC that was notable besides Gonzaga? Uh, yeah, Houston. Houston. Uh, and North Carolina. Uh, they did beat North Carolina. They yeah, beat Houston. Yeah, yeah. North Carolina is, I mean, they're not very good this year, right? Well, they're still going to be a tournament team, but uh. but they're they're not ranked right now. Yeah. Are they a, are they a quad one? Yeah, let me double check that. I believe so. Sorry, I'm going to have to scroll a little bit. <laughs> I went to locate the inferior Carolina, which is ah, South Carolina. The, the other USC. North, North Carolina, for the record, is 33rd. Okay, so that's that. still a, that's yeah. a quad one. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think maybe put Alabama above Tennessee in that be, just because of who they've played, because they've played, you know, three teams that have been, uh, you know, you played a, a team that played for the national title last year. You played the number one uh, team in the country in uh, Houston. You played Gonzaga, who's always really good. Uh, UConn. They got Alabama they, got beat they, by UConn. They did play UConn. So they, they've, they've had a pr- pretty impressive non-conference schedule coming into this Mi- one. Michigan State. They beat Michigan State. Yeah. Michigan yeah. State's kind of in that same boat where they're going to be on the bubble type of deal. Say they almost beat Purdue yesterday, yeah. but couldn't yep. pull it out. I mean, um, you, you – man, Alabama did some work in non-conference. Absolutely. Goodness yeah, no, gracious. They a big non-conference schedule. I mean, they beat Michigan State, lost to UConn, beat North Carolina, beat Houston, lost to Gonzaga, beat Memphis, who was 12-5. So, Wow. Yeah, and then you saw what they did to Kentucky, and yeah. uh, you know, as we get into the SEC play, seventy-eight to fifty-two win over Kentucky. Yeah, um, so LSU yeah. had a painful death against them one, yeah, on the one hundred six to sixty-six. Auburn, Oof. I'd put them right around where they are. I, I think they're you know mid twenties is is where I'd put them. They they've had you know they they've won the games they needed to. They've gotten a couple decent wins. Um, and then yeah, I mean I I probably would you know. Arkansas hasn't really done a lot that they, you know, they, they've played some good programs, but when it's come to the SEC play, when they played, you know, teams like Auburn and Alabama, they didn't, uh, they didn't get the job done in either of those. So I, I'd see knocking them down a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all the, I fairly agree. I think, like I said, Tennessee maybe bumped down just just a touch. So I went and found South Carolina. Uh oh. And remember, this is an eight and nine SEC team, okay, which is bad, but that means it's a power, it's a major conference school right. that has eight wins and beat Kentucky. I feel like I could do the higher or lower game. We used to play it, uh, and I used to be in the receiving end of that, and I, I'd be doing the guessing. But I, I feel like just playing higher or lower with you guys are just the schools that are either higher or lower than South Carolina net because this is ridiculous. Here's some notable teams that are just like ten to fifteen spots ahead of them. The University of Texas Rio Grande Valley, Bellarmine, Robert Morris. Don't know if that's two people or one. <laughs> just joking. William and Mary. Congrats to both of them. Prairie View and Denver, not the Nuggets. South Carolina mm. is two hundred and sixty ninth. Yikes! It is, and, and this they is, beat Kentucky. And this in is in rubbery. This is what's great about the net too. Auburn's going to go there, and even if Auburn wins, it's going to hurt the resume. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's going to actively hurt you unless South Carolina f- magically starts winning some games here. It's going to hurt you to beat South Carolina. That's how low they are. 
Um, shout out to South Carolina Upstate, who's only two spots behind South Carolina in the net. Some other teams of note, Houston is number one in the net. I believe they're still ranked number one in the country. Again, we talked about Tennessee 2, Bama 3. Purdue is 4. That's right around where they're ranked. Kansas is 5. I think they're number 2 in the country. They are. AP, AP poll. No, they're 3. Number 3. Okay. Who's number 2 then? No, you're right. They're 2. Okay. I, I, I was like, wait a minute. Purdue's 3. Bama's 4. Yes. Right? Yes as well. Uh, UCLA is 6th. UConn is 7th. I bet you can't guess who is 8th. This is shocking. This, as I read this, is surprising. They're from the WCC. Is it St. Mary's? It is St. Mary's. Saint Mary's. It's wow. not Gonzaga. Okay. Okay. Gonzaga is not Interesting. Right behind. I bet you can't guess who's 12th. And this team is not. Uh, here's the hint for this team. You have to really know your stuff here. They are in what would be a group of five conference in college football, and they're going to another group of five conference in college football. So they're changing their conference coming into next year. Is it UAB? Nope, but it's the team UAB's played oh, this year. Oh, Florida Atlantic. Yeah. They okay. just got ranked this past week. They got ranked into the top 25. Florida Atlantic is 12th in the net. 12th. You know, I was I, I wanted, you know, you said Houston was number one. I was looking at their schedule that they've played so far. There's not a lot of impressive teams that they've played. They've played Alabama and they played Virginia. But everybody else, you know, they did play St. Mary's, which apparently is that a, a you know, top them, yeah. 10 you know program. Uh, in the net and then they've played the other notable team is Oregon and Oregon's not anything to no. you know that great and then they've gone into uh, American Conference play which they haven't played anybody once they've gotten in there so I don't know I guess it's because they're just you know continue to be number one I don't know what the net you know why they're that, that net high yeah that's I, I also read this because it maybe some of this will get worked out I, I can't imagine St. Mary's will stay there all year even if they win I mean they're going to play some teams like Santa Clara and Pepperdine that are just just not particularly good but it is still interesting to me and again this is a reminder that if you start to look at these resumes here in January as Joe Lenardi has been doing already for weeks that these are subject to change because again Auburn playing Florida and now granted this is at home maybe not the best example but Florida's 50th Okay, 50th is a quad one win if you go on the road. I think it's up to 60 on the road, the top mm-hmm. 50 or 60, something like that. And it's top 30, I believe, at home. Um, so Florida's kind of on that edge. They could yeah. drop down. A team that Auburn's getting ready to play here next week, uh, or I guess the week after that, Texas A&M, is 57th. Surprisingly, even though it would be impactful in the SEC standings, is not incredibly awesome in the net. 57 is not bad. It's out of 360 no. schools. But I'm just saying that depending on where you play that game could make the difference. If you play Texas A&M at home, that's not a quad one game. Um, you play them on the road, I think it just narrowly is. So my point there is just the net is now the new RPI. Everyone used to be obsessed with where you are in the RPI, and that's what the bracketologist would use to seed you or to – puts you in on the bubble and now it's the net and the net fascinates me because i don't understand it <laughs> because we just went over why alabama should be ahead of tennessee in the net they are certainly the ap poll uh we're not really exactly sure why st mary's is eighth in in the uh in this in this net ranking and then even ford atlantic who's now ranked and they've only lost one time this year them being 12th in the net i mean great for ford atlantic great for the the owls 
and great for Conference USA, even though they're losing Florida Atlantic next year to the AAC. But I just don't know how some of this is figured. I, say, I, I just went, I pulled up St. Mary's schedule to see what their schedule has been. Uh, Houston's the only notable team they've played. They've they've played and lost to Washington, and they played and beat Vanderbilt. Those are the two Power Five teams. See, like played. how? How is that eighth? And then they can they, someone does someone know they lost eighth? they lost the game um, to Houston, but that's it. They haven't even played Gonzaga yet this year. Like they don't play Gonzaga until February. And yet 4th. they're ahead of Gonzaga yeah. in the net. They're fifty. They're from coming from the same conference. St. Mary's is fifteen and four. Gonzaga's fifteen and three. Gonzaga's one of two teams to beat Alabama this year. I have to say, mean, yeah. Meanwhile, Gonzaga. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Meanwhile, Gonzaga. Make it make sense. <laughs> Gonzaga's beaten Michigan State. They played, but lost to Texas. They beat Kentucky. They lost. Uh, to That's Purdue. already more than St. Mary's. They played Purdue. They beat Purdue. Xavier. They lost to Baylor. Uh, they beat Washington. They beat Alabama. And then they went into, you know, conference play. This started as just a fun little update on the just to tell you where all the SEC schools are. Now it seems like this is on a, a fraudulent alert <laughs> here. These net rankings that are just not making any sense whatsoever. Jeez. I don't know. I mean, that's why I brought it up. I, not to make us all mad about why <laughs> teams are ranked where they were. But, again, these are very subject to change. Uh, similar to the BCS system. Uh, in football back when it existed no one really knows what all goes into it things that go into it are questionable at times and uh but that's the update auburn is 26th they're trying to keep moving up they're going to have more quad one opportunities again i i think it's top 30 at home top 50 neutral site which memphis is 46 by the way that that's why that one matters the neutral site bit and top 70 maybe 60 75 something ish I'm going to go to 70 if you play them on the road and I believe Brooks is researching yeah I'm going to say we did this earlier this year and I, I know and I, I'm trying to commit it. it to memory but I'm just right. stupid sometimes so quad, so. Uh, quad one win is a home one through 30 one through 30 a okay. neutral one through 50 yep and a road one through 75 75 okay I was ballpark in there and then you can kind of figure out the rest of them. Quad two is a thirty-one to seventy-five at home, fifty-one to one hundred neutral, seventy-six through seven or one seventy-six through one thirty-five away. What's two sixty-seven or two sixty-nine, Brooks? Just um, asking for an SEC friend. Well, I'll tell you what. None of the categories have it as a quad anything but a four. That uh, it is a quad home. It would be a home one uh, one sixty-one to three fifty-three neutral two hundred one to five or three fifty-three. And away two forty one to three fifty three. So, either way, no matter it's what, quad four. You play South Carolina, you regret it immediately <laughs> on the resume. Kentucky certainly regrets it for losing. I want to bring this up. We're going to have uh, our next commercial break. We'll get Justin Ferguson here in just a few moments. We'll talk a little Auburn football, Auburn basketball, and some fun with Ferg as well. But you guys were talking about just the absurdity that Kentucky lost to South Carolina at home. They then went to go beat Tennessee in Thompson Bowling. Are, does that say more about Tennessee? I, I feel it says more about Tennessee. Because South Carolina is so bad. And look, I'm just railing on South Carolina. And if South Carolina beats Auburn, and there's Oof. a South Carolina fan out there, I'm going to be in trouble. Yeah. But South Carolina is terrible. They're probably one of the five worst like major conference teams. They're not as bad as Louisville. If anyone's familiar with what year Louisville's having this year, they're two and fifteen, 
I want to say. Yeah. I mean, I see. But South Carolina is really bad. You shouldn't have even, like, I understand not taking them seriously, but you should have still won by 10 points, even not taking them seriously. At home, especially. And yet, Kentucky loses that game. We're doing a whole show, essentially, on is Kentucky and Cal Perry's marriage over. Yeah. And then they go beat Tennessee, Tennessee, who's allegedly second in the net and, and is on pace to be a one or a two seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And I'm look, I get that we all have our question marks where we don't understand how things work. And we all have some things where we're just like, man, I don't know how this adds up. But that one's tough to explain away, even chalking up to a bad night, bad shooting day, whatever. I just do you I mean, do you think less of Tennessee for that, I guess, is the question. I, I that's the thing. I don't know what to think about this. The I don't know what to think about SEC basketball right now just as a whole because it just seems so uh just discombobulated with like who's doing what on any particular day. Uh you just don't know. I, why Alabama always has trouble with Vanderbilt on the road. They even call it, they they I see even, uh, Alabama fans even refer to the Memorial Gym as kind of the bas- their basketball version of Jordan here, where they come in here and you know the inexplicable happens. Watch Vanderbilt end up beating Alabama. Games tonight. No, yeah. that would be funny. Sure. I- I, but that's what I'm saying. But but the way this, the way everything has gone on in the SEC so far, that would not surprise me. They just beat Arkansas this weekend. Exactly. That was well, a fiery game, by the it way. It was a fiery game, but I mean, you know what has happened to Arkansas? Arkansas is supposed to be world beaters this year. And they're and they're struggling. But uh, watch, Arkansas is going to turn around and and win games. They they're did gonna, have two injuries. I was going to say, just right. just yeah. go to Arkansas fan Twitter and you'll see all the excuses of why they lost sure. this weekend. But, but, you know, they're still a good basketball team. They're underperforming right now, but they're still a good basketball team. Uh, it just it, – it's, it's been crazy already. We're, we're not even halfway through the season, and it's crazy. I know. I, it, it's pure craziness right now, and you just don't know what to expect from game to game. I was talking to someone about it today. Because, you know, Steve, Steve's asked us many questions about upsets, and we usually have a very firm response. And it's, it's along the lines of, hey, we don't wake up on the, on the right side of the bed every single time. And uh, we as humans, we're not perfect. And, and so certainly these kids are not, and they're going out there. And sometimes they just don't shoot the same. Sometimes they don't have the same effort or energy level, or not effort, but not the same energy level. Or, you know, they're just not as focused. And yeah. that's understandable. That happens. That happens at work on a day-to-day basis but the thing is is those are drastic outcomes and i feel like maybe i'm just misremembering but it seems like it's getting wonkier quicker in the season than sometimes it used to and maybe i'm wrong maybe maybe that's just you know not remembering other regular seasons and flushing those away but uh, the the amount of volatility to it has been uh, very high to start this year yeah and I don't know. It just feels a little little off. We're, we're going to keep monitoring. And, again, the SEC is still in a good place as a conference. That's also why I brought up the net rankings. They're tied for the third most net teams in the top 50. And you just heard me say like three more that were in the 50. So they're very close. But it's, it's kind of weird right now. Well, SEC basketball has kind of – I don't know if I, I want to say even itself out. But, you know, the SEC basketball has kind of gotten into the same realm with – SEC football and also SEC baseball, where you have so many good teams, uh, 
and they just beat up on each other. And so it, it makes it hard to figure out exactly what's going to happen. And, you know, the SEC used to be Kentucky and everybody else. And it would kind of, they would kind of battle it out. But then they would kind of – you would kind of figure out that pecking order behind Kentucky. And, I mean, it was usually a pretty solid lines of pecking order of where you go. Now, SEC is just all over the place. They just – they each team beats each other up. You may end up with a South Carolina, one of the worst teams in, you know, an Auburn Tony Barbie type team, goes into Rupp and wins. Then Kentucky turns around and wins at Tennessee, and then South Carolina turns around and gets blown out by forty. Yeah, you just don't know. Craziness. You just do not know what's going to happen. College basketball craziness. If it's crazy in January, it's going to be crazy in March when we get March Madness. All right, got to take our first break of our number two. When we come back, Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. He's going to talk about this Auburn basketball team, but also update us again on this Auburn football team as they continue to build their roster for 2023. Stay tuned. Justin Ferguson coming up next. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Now, back to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy. On this Tuesday edition, good to be back with everyone after that uh, day in Tampa, which uh, went, came and went. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> All of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. And now we're excited to go back to that Auburn Bank phone line and welcome in Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Justin, uh, the time is always greatly appreciated. Hope you're doing well today, sir. Yeah, I'm doing well. How are y'all? Doing very well. And we wanted to start off with some fun with Ferg today, and not in the JJ sense, and then following up with a terrible question that is not fun. Uh, yeah. But with a question here that I know that you have got to be excited about uh, seeing the news today Bucky's opening in April. And uh, Justin noticed that you were very excited about that. Again, tell the people why Bucky's is so awesome and, and what a great pillar of this community it's about to be. Yeah, so I mean, Bucky's is like if you took a gas station, like a truck stop kind of gas station, and made it the size of like a Publix. That's <laughs> what you get in Bucky's. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's it's always been a really good stop whenever I'm near one. They're mostly in Texas, but they've branched out kind of all over the southeast now. Um, their food that they make like in house like uh, is really good. Uh, breakfast tacos, barbecue. They have a lot of like. Uh, pastries and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's 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 a really strong place where you can just like get really good quality stuff. And like for me, it's like you know, if you want to run in and grab like like something real quick, um, that's going to be the place to go. I'm, I'm I'm telling you, they're open 24 hours. They're gigantic. The prices are are pretty good. Like I, I'm I'm really excited. Um, and uh, you know, not to dox myself on the radio, but um, it's not too far from. Uh, where I live, and it's not too far from where, where y'all are in the studio, so it's like, you know, it's, it's going to be pretty convenient to those of us on this side of town. 
Yeah, Justin, and I'm not throwing Brooks Childress under a bus here. <laughs> I'm not. But Brooks yeah. had one about five minutes from his uh, house in Robertsdale. And okay. and so he's kind of scarred by the vast amounts of people and traffic that that uh, brought yeah. on. It wasn't oh, yeah, fun. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's not. I mean, and that one in Robertsdale is, gets slammed every time I, I go by it, uh, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, it's going to bring a lot of traffic. Game day weekends, it's going to be a war zone, man. Like, it's going to be, there's going to be so much, because there's one, if you're going, if you're coming from Houston to College Station, going to Texas A&M, there's one, like, right off the main highway, like, as soon as you're, like, you're, you're, you're making the switch from the interstate to the highway to get you to College Station, and that place just gets absolutely just flooded. Uh, the times I've been there during weekends where, you know, A&M's playing at home. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be chaotic. Uh, they have, you know, exit 50, you know, as someone who lives off of it, like 50 has been, they've, they've done so much renovation just for the exit, just to prepare yourself. So like, it's going to be crowded. Those, those first few weeks is going to be very tough to get in there. But like I said, it's 24 hours. So if you don't sleep or have a normal schedule like me, you can always sneak in there at a weird hour. There you go. And uh, I, I think of just when I'm thinking about all the people there, uh, when Scott Van Pelt does the uh, bad beats segment, and he's got all these like little couple second clips of all these voices, and I can imagine Al Michael saying, "Well, that's overwhelming." Uh, when I'm just thinking about the amount of people that are going to be there. Oh yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, it's going to be a lot. But uh, let's talk a little bit more about something that's been overwhelming, and that's the sheer numbers that Auburn is getting uh, in the transfer portal. It's a good kind of overwhelming. But just since we last talked, a couple more uh, players on their way to Auburn, and I believe both these guys coming from the SEC, Justin Rogers coming from Kentucky on the defensive line, and Austin Keys coming from Ole Miss at the linebacking core. And for Auburn's starting to get some SEC pickups here, too, so talk about these two guys. Yeah, these are two guys that I think are going to help Auburn out right away, uh, for sure. Austin Keys is a big dude. He's about 240. He'll be a good inside linebacker. Played a good bit of ball last year for Ole Miss. Was a really good recruit coming out of high school. It's a good pickup. Him and Demario Tolan helps a linebacker group that's got a lot of guys but not a ton of experience outside of, you know, Cam Riley uh, and, and what you got from, you know, Wes Steiner last season. So big, big pickup for, for Auburn to get somebody who has at least been through the fire in the SEC West, plugs in, is a good scheme fit for what they're trying to do an inside linebacker. So that's a good pickup for Auburn for sure. And then you, and then you talked about, uh, you know, the, the big defensive tackle from, from Kentucky. I mean, he is one of the best recruits. I think he might have been the best recruit, uh, highest rated recruit that Kentucky had ever signed. Um, monster, just an absolute monster down the middle of the defense, about 320 pounds. He's a 320-pounder who had some decent pass rushing stats last season um, on top of the fact that he was a guy that you know plugs up the A-gap. You look at Ron Roberts' defenses from his time pretty much all throughout um, you know his, his days as a college coach, and then you also go into you know what he did uh, with Dave Aranda's defenses um, when he's been super successful. They love having a nose tackle and then get right over that center um, in their defensive front and just give them just absolute heck to up the middle. And I think that's that's exactly what they wanted to get out of Justin Rogers. Um, you know, Auburn's got a lot of big dudes on their on their defensive front that they've added, uh, and Rogers is definitely one of them. Um, but he's a guy that, you know, has played a good bit of ball in the SEC. It's a good transition for him. Um, and I think, I think scheme-wise, is a really good fit for what Auburn's going to be doing moving forward. So, yeah, those are two big-time pickups. Uh, on your defense side of the ball and guys that, you know, can help you win in 2023 and help set the foundation of what you want the, you know, the Hugh Freeze area to look like. 
Justin, you know, you, you look at the you continue to get signings out of that transfer portal. One position that a lot of people had a lot of focus on, but the, everything's kind of cooled off a little bit after, you know, the, the heat of National Signing Day kind of subsided is there's still, you know, this Hugh Freeze team, then we, we talked about it, still has not brought in a, another quarterback from the portal. I know there's been several big names that have been rumored. Are you hearing anything or are you, you know, what, what do you think the plan is there for Hugh Freeze? Yeah, you're most likely going to see Auburn probably hang back here. I mean, the portal only has a few days left. Um, you know, if there was a guy who was like a camp miss player that you would say, okay, this is automatic starter, you go, go, go get him, you know, then that would change things. But it doesn't look like there's any of those players right now. I know Spencer Sanders is connected to Auburn from Oklahoma State. He's got good numbers, um, but, you know, not a guy that, you know, people have really gone above and beyond to go get uh, in the transfer portal. So I think that. That the timing of all that is interesting. Auburn obviously prioritized other guys ahead of him, Grayson McCall, um, you know, uh, being being the big one, and he ended up not being able to go anywhere um, in the transfer portal, and he's staying at Coastal Carolina. Then then Devin Leary ends up going to um, you know NC State fall, uh, or sorry Kentucky, going from NC State to Kentucky, um, you know, going with an NFL offensive coordinator, more of a pro style guy, and Liam Cohen there, so. Yeah, I mean, I think for Auburn, this is going to be, you know, you go into fall camp, or I'm sorry, spring spring ball, uh, and see what you got in Robbie Ashford. TJ Finley, you know, reportedly back with the team as well. Got a couple other young quarterbacks that you want to kind of get going uh, if you're Auburn, and then see where it stands in, in, in May, you know, when the portal opens back up, and you see, you know, is there another quarterback out there? Um, you know, just kind of go wait and see, because I think there is potential of Robbie Ashford at quarterback in this team, but he's got to do a lot of improving. We'll see how he looks in spring ball. All right, Justin, I'll take, uh, turn our attention now to the sport that's in season, uh, basketball. The Auburn basketball team improved their winning streak at home in Neville Arena against Mississippi State on Saturday night. And I think it was you that posed the question to uh, Bruce Pearl after the fact that this was probably the first game this year with this team that has won the game because of the three ball. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what, what was your thoughts on their performance on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, it was the fact that they were able to shoot. I mean, this this Mississippi State defense is nasty. Uh, they're big, they're strong, they're physical. Uh, they really tried to take Janai Broom out of the game, uh, which was, you know, a good strategy for them. But Auburn countered with really good three three balls. Um, you know, this this Missouri defense or this Mississippi State defense likes to pack it in, and so there were opportunities on the outside. Auburn shot them and hit them. Uh, Jalen Williams had a great game, but also Wendell Green Jr. hit a couple of big ones. Alan Flanagan hit a couple of big ones. Katie Johnson. Um, you know, Zepp Jasper, I mean, you get you get that kind of shooting from everybody. And, like, yeah, this is a team that's going to shoot a high percentage, and it's going to be kind of a matchup-by-matchup matchup basis on how well they shoot. But I, I thought both of Auburn's wins last week, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, Auburn won those games with their offense. Um, defensively, you know, didn't play poorly in either game at all, but you felt like the offense was was more ahead of the defense in that game. And scoring 69 points against Mississippi State is really tough to do. Uh, this season, this is a team that averages giving up about 57 a game. So, I mean, I think Auburn, with the way they shot, they absolutely needed every one of those in this game to come out with a win. And it just shows that this team's continuing to evolve, kind of get better in some areas. You know, this was a team that wasn't really good on offense, was struggling a ton. They've won some games with their offense, and they compare that with their defense. This is a team that can continue to make noise. I don't think they're a championship contender. I don't think they're the class of the SEC. However, I think they're playing like an experienced team. They're getting better every week, and they're a tough matchup for a lot of teams because of just how versatile they can be and how deep they can be. 
so yeah, I mean, I think I think this is exactly where Auburn wants to be at this point. They got a, they got two road wins that are very gettable uh, here to get this week. Yep. Hey, you, you talked about this Auburn basketball team winning with their offense. One of the things that this that Auburn has always prided itself on over the last couple of years is that defense and forcing turnovers. But if you go through and you look at the season stats right now, Auburn turns the ball over almost as much as they get in turnovers. What does this team have to do? And you had 20 against Mississippi State. Granted, yeah. Mississippi State had really good defense. What does this Auburn team have to do to cut down on the turnovers? Because, I, like I said, they're turning it over almost as much as they are getting. Yeah, this is a game, you know, these games that Auburn's plays, they got to get under more under control. I mean, they had a ton of turnovers late in that game after Jalen Williams fouled out, and he's such a good secondary playmaker who takes care of the ball uh, for them. Yeah, it's a thing that they've just got to continue to kind of work on because, you know, they get to these stretches where um, they turn it over and it kind of gets contagious, kind of like how bad shooting can get contagious, and it gets away from them. I will say that you know the when they have been able to tighten up and, and you know lower their turnover rate like they did at Ole Miss like they did in a couple other games here recently Arkansas is a great example um, they played well on offense um, so yeah this is a thing that they've got to continue to work on the way that they play and kind of the size of their guards being a little bit smaller is always going to create some you know turnover opportunities but I think it's like it shows you the value of keeping guys like Jalen Williams you know out of foul trouble um, and, and on the floor a good bit because. You know, those guys got to, you know, those veteran guys need to be out there on the floor a little bit more for Auburn. So you got to avoid foul trouble. uh, And you you may avoid, you know, having those situations where the turnover count runs up like they did the other night. Talking to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Going to change subjects one more time here, Ferg. Uh, Just went through the first weekend of the NFL playoffs. What stood out to you about the playoffs? And uh, who do you like moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing these one seeds get into the mix. Uh, Philly obviously had a weird finish to their season um, just because of the Jalen Hurts situation. Um, but, you know, they, they obviously were playing so, so well this year. Kansas City, you know, just the most consistent uh, team in, in football pretty much year in and year out now. So how what do they look like when they get into the mix? I thought the Giants looked like you know, probably one of the most impressive teams over the weekend. Really good to see Daniel Jones. Uh, come up and, and play really, really well. And I think um, that first year coaching staff there has done such a great job with uh, with Brian Dable and those guys. So that's a fun team. Um, you know, the the Bills, I would love to think the Bills would be fine if they can just stop. I mean, they turn the ball over like dumb turnovers, like way too much this season for as good as they've been. Uh, so they've got to tighten that up against a good opponent here kind of moving forward and yeah there, there's some teams that are gonna be long shots but like you know jacksonville can they you know that 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 comeback was so incredible uh it was so very chargers but it's also so very not jaguars to see your quarterback throw four interceptions and then have four touchdowns in the second half and just have an amazing game and come back and lead them to a win so it was an awesome first weekend of the playoffs and uh i'm interested to see what it kind of looks like moving forward when more you know kind of elite teams start to get into the mix what do you have ahead uh, here at the Auburn Observer? Yeah, so we had a story today on Jalen Williams um, and just kind of his impact on the team coming off that big night and kind of the aggressiveness he has, he has shown here recently on offense. Um, did a story yesterday. Here's a, here's a fun fact about Auburn's offensive line. Um, they've got three transfers, four-star transfers on the offensive line. No team in the portal area has ever had three offensive line transfers in the same class. Wow. on the offensive line. So what they're trying to do is pretty much unprecedented, this kind of rebuild up front. You can check all that out. We'll have previews and stuff 
uh, from the Auburn LSU game here coming up tomorrow night. I'll be in Baton Rouge for that game. So we'll have newsletters in the next few days covering basketball, mailbag on Friday, podcast, whole lot of stuff. It all comes to your email inbox pretty much every day of the week, auburnobserver.com. Sign up there. He is Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Justin, as always, we appreciate the time, and we look forward to chatting again soon. Yeah, see you guys. That is Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. We need to take one final time out here in hour number two. Hour number two comes to a close right after this. Easy it is to listen to our show. All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Final couple minutes of hour number two here on this Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress coming to you live from our studios on South College Street. It's been a wet day out and about. Uh, kind of dreary, but oddly warm. Uh, I, I'm not kidding. Uh, it was It's warmer here in Alabama today. Now, granted, Florida's warming back up. But it's, it's warmer in Alabama today than it was in Florida yesterday where I was. That's not what I had in mind, by the way, when I went down there. They, the the earth should not have flipped like that. Right. Uh, and it's going to be low 70s with more rain on the way the next couple of days. And uh, just weirdly, weirdly warm here in January. Um, just a couple minutes left. We Let's have a little fun here. We talked to Ferg about Bucky's coming. Uh, just one exit down from us in a few months. Brooks, should we divulge? Shredding the, it. Well, okay. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but we'll I'll, we'll play it by ear. I've never been in one, so we'll see. I've never been in a Bucky's either. Uh, it listen. I will say it is something you have to do at least once. Like it's an experience that you have to have once, and then you don't really need to have it again unless you're just you know uh, become a super fan like so many people do. What I was going to say though, uh, you told me today, Brooks, before the show that uh, we have another restaurant that could be joining the Auburn Opelika area soon. Allegedly, yeah. Texas Roadhouse. Yes, over by Tigertown. Uh, so you, you know where it's going to be supposed to be located? It's supposed to be. It's going to be. Uh, so the story I read is it's not supposed to be. It's going to be located in the landings, which is, I think, over there where that the new movie theater is. So across I-85 from Tigertown. You mean like over... All right, so, so like there's the so gas like station. So like kind of where they put walk-ons, or do you mean the other side where they put the new gas station? The, I don't know which one of those is called the landings, but it's on that area. It's not over in Tigertown. But it's, it's on the other side. On the other side of the interstate. Wow. Wild Wing Cafe is getting <laughs> zoomed in on. Wild Wing Cafe, uh-huh. movie theater. Uh, I don't know if it's in that area, or, or but it, that's where Texas Roadhouse is going to go. You mean to tell me. So we're going to have... I can't believe I started this with only two minutes left in the the hour. Because this might need more time. We've got another hour. I'm going to bring it back up in hour number three. (laughs) 
people can hear it twice or people can hear it once if they only hear a certain part of the show. But you mean to tell me that I can do two of my favorite things in this world, which is one, eat East Rolls, and two, watch a movie right next to each other pretty much? Yeah. I'm so, telling you what, man. That's big time. The, that's a game changer. The thing, the thing, though, at Texas Roadhouse, it's yeah, the rolls are good, but it's all about that cinnamon butter that you put mm. on it. Oh, I mean, I could, I could dip shoe leather in that and be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Our friends over at uh, WSFA out of Montgomery. This may be where you read the article. Right. Um, has the article? It is uh, the steakhouse will join Quick Trip in the landings development at 321 okay, so Gateway Drive. So that's the uh, On the other, other side. Of other stri- the, the, the same side of the interstate as the movie theater, but the other side of right. the Gateway. Yes. Right. Well, that okay, that makes more sense because they have some more room for another business or two over on that side, but given that the walk-ons came on right in front of Wild Wing Cafe, which is, by the way, objectively hilarious when you have two sports bars that just right. park right beside each other. Has that opened yet? Not no, yet. but they're, they're, it's imminent. I mean, okay. they got the T. They're so close, actually. Uh, the other day, driving by, they put the TVs on just for the hell of it uh, oh, one wow. night. So it's it's imminent. It's, it's close. Well, y'all know how much I love steak and taters. Yeah. So uh, having a Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. Every time I go to I, every time I go to Columbus, it's almost been then go home see my family. I'm like, what are we eating for dinner? It's like Texas Roadhouse. I may or may not be going home this weekend, and I may or may not be going with my family to Texas Roadhouse this weekend. <laughs> so that's why it came to my mind and might bring this up again in hour number three because this is a major development. You lose Logan's Roadhouse in recent years and O'Charlie's. The yeast rolls, the steakhouse places, they've been a dying art over there recently. So that's very important news that I'm excited about. I'm going to be dreaming about food as we take this next break. On the other side, more Sports Call coming up after this. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call on this Tuesday. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Brooks Childress with you here on this Tuesday evening now. A wet Tuesday, as we've talked about. On the other side of that break, uh, we were talking food. We might get back to that in just a few moments. But first... We've got to let you know on what you've missed today. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. (sighs) Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Tom, what have we had today? 
Oh, my goodness. Uh, we have done more recapping of Auburn basketball, uh, talking about the win over Mississippi State, but the, also the future of Auburn basketball moving forward. So we discussed a lot of that. Uh, had Justin Ferguson on, talked more about Auburn basketball and what this team is looking at and uh, a little bit of the transfer portal stuff that's going on with Auburn. And so uh, we've, we've just discussed mostly Auburn as kind of is expected on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite. And a uh, little bit of NFL news uh, since uh, you were down in Tampa yesterday. Yeah. We discussed a little bit of that, a little bit about the playoffs as a whole. But uh, it's mostly been Auburn, mostly been Auburn Auburn talk. Right. And look, that's what I've got to set the expectation, Tom. Cause uh, and I'm sorry. We have also discussed Bucky's. We have, we have. Well, and that's Auburn related too, technically, just not the sports Auburn related. And, bri- and briefly, Texas Roadhouse, which is not Texas related, but also Auburn Soon related. Soon to be Auburn because, Opelika related, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that the thing about that is, Tom, is at some point I'm going to have some some less Auburny things, but we've yeah. got to set the expectation straight here. Uh, so that I just um, I don't go off the rails immediately on every right. on everyone, um, but we will have moments where they are a little less Auburn heavy. But again, sports call Auburn needs to start uh, with it's, Auburn. It's one of the things that makes this show great is we can go off the tracks and have some fun every now and then. We it's we certainly o- can. It's okay, and uh, we will be doing that again. I'm very excited once we get into the spring uh, to bring back Town Name Tuesday, Wacky oh, Wednesday. Yeah. We're working on creating a couple more segments, too, uh, that are more sports-related. But, hey, sometimes food-related or movie-related is great, too, with us. I heard you guys at the very end of the TV Guide talk a little bit about uh, you liking musicals. Yeah. uh, Which fell fell beneath the cracks, I guess, for all of us. I'm not really a musical guy, but um, you were spouting them off and that uh, you like quite a bit of them. I think Brooks is too. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was, we were all a little surprised by that. Well, it, my, well, it, the thing is it shouldn't come as a surprise just because of my musical background, not musicals, performing in musicals, but my music background of uh, you know, trained musician, trained percussionist, travel all over the country playing. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, when it comes to things like musicals, I I don't care so much about the storylines and the things like that. I care about the music of the musicals. So that's where my interest comes in. You know, I uh, like take Les Miserables for example. I love the music from Les Miserables, but I honestly could not tell you what that is actually about the storyline and all that. I just like the music from it. Uh, it it's the same way with a lot of those. I I don't know necessarily what the whole thing is about i just i enjoy the music of it well uh i'm glad you do i i it's not really for me but uh i i again that's uh that's great and i I think brooks does too he stepped out for the moment but let's uh let's now change the pace again let's go back to our auburn bank phone line 334-887-341 locally or toll free one triple eight nine at tiger nine next up on the auburn bank phone line jeff from columbus jeff joins the program jeff how are you doing hey guys man i tell you what uh you might have to change the name of this thing show because i don't want to talk about sports i've come up to talk about bucky <laughs> yes sir <laughs> all right and i heard you say i heard you say that brooks had just stepped out because i was uh, man i didn't know he was from robertsdale and man uh, we go to we go to Orange Beach all the time. Sure. I've been going down there for 30 years. So, I mean, I can't tell you how many dang uh, 
times I've been pulled over, been in a car with somebody, dang, once they dang bypass Robertsdale, I go, shoot, yeah, that's the best thing in the world. And now they've put that Bucky there. Bucky's there. That is probably the biggest. That's the only Bucky's I've ever been to. But, I mean, they've got like a Walmart parking garage, a parking area, and it's full, fuller than Walmart. I can't imagine how many cars go by there, you know, because I don't know if you're familiar with going to Orange Beach and Gulf Shores, but the new bypass, yeah, it goes, you get off at that exit. Right, right. And everybody I know stops. Even it, have have you ever been? To, you say you've never been there, Ryan? Yeah, no, I've never been to Bucky's. I I've been to Gulf Shores slash Orange Beach probably fifteen or twenty times in my life. But uh, and, I and never had the urge to see why all those people are trying to get in that building. Here's the here's the deciding factor for me. Okay, what will bring me more joy in that moment? Finishing these last forty five minutes or so to just go ahead and get to where. I'm going, which is the beach, or deal with approximately right, right. 2.7 million people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, that's and what then, gets me. I, you're right now, and, and a lot of times we'll leave here on a Friday night after work or something and get down there, you know, midnight, and it's not near that bad. But you're right. When you go in there in the dang, uh, 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 during the day or anything, it's like Six Flags. Like they have, like I think they have ballet parking. I really do. I think they have valet park. Bathrooms are the greatest thing in the world. I mean, uh, I mean, they got uh, twelve-inch crown molding, granite tile, everything. I mean, it. But I go, you're kidding me. But the big thing, my claim to fame, or what I love it for, is they got every flavor of beef jerky you can imagine. Oh yeah, fresh. They make it right there. So, and. One more thing. I didn't realize you all, they do not have a Texas Roadhouse in Auburn? No. no. There, used they to, never had. there used to be a Logan's Roadhouse, and it was over. A, yeah, and it closed. I mean, it, Logan's closed uh, about four or five years ago and became a Mexican restaurant, and then O'Charlie's closed right after it. So that, that style of restaurant so has been gone for a while. Where do you get steak? Uh, so there's my big, house. <laughs> well, Tom's not invited me to his house. Tom, that or didn't you say there was a a Japanese or a, a Korean restaurant you went to for steak? Well, Makata. Uh, Tom, what were we talking? Uh, no, he had. Well, there's an Asian. Yeah, I mean, there's no one. Yeah, there's an Asian restaurant that we go to get some stuff. But now I'll tell you this: so there is a really good steakhouse. Uh, Big Mike's, yeah, Big Mike's yeah. Steakhouse. It's on uh, Sugar Jordan and okay. Wire Road, right there, and that's that's about yeah. the only true steakhouse that's around here. Yeah, there's that's uh, hard to believe. That's like Auburn, yeah, right. There's just, I mean, there's a couple more big chains out in Opelika, like Longhorn, Longhorn and, and, out there, and Outback, yeah. but uh, the the one that's a little more, you know, localized, I guess, is Big Mike's. There's five, a handful of locations, right. I think, in the state, and that sort of thing. Well, no. It, did Brooks ever come back in? No, Brooks is. Uh, I think he's hiding, still from roaming it. around. Well, uh, well, I just wanted to know if you know when they made that bypass, or or I guess it's not a bypass. I call it a bypass but to get to Orange Beach. What they call it, the Foley Beach Express, right? Right. Yeah. It. So when they said they were going to build it, I go, "What in the world? They cut through every piece of farmland. I mean, it zigs and zags and everything." I go, "Why didn't they just make this thing straight?" I guess some property owners didn't want to sell their thing, their their fields or something. But that's uh, 
That's amazing. And, and you know, I have a friend that still won't pay three dollars to go across that bridge, and he'll fight the traffic going straight through Robertsdale. <laughs> I go, I'll give you three dollars, and and I'll beat you there. But I, I know y'all got some sports callers want to get in here, but I got excited when I heard about Bucky's, and I knew I, my friend that goes with me all the time. He said, "Man, they're going to open a Bucky's here." He was doing backflips, so I, I'm glad to see it's finally coming open. But you're right, the traffic's going to get bad, but. Hey, it brings business, right? That is true. Uh, it'll be a lot of it from from what we can yeah. tell. Yeah, exactly. And Ryan, real quick, do you, do I understand that you're a season ticket holder for the Buccaneers? I so sure, you go to every home game. I sure am, and I do. Yep. Man, you don't care anything about driving, then, do you? Golly, that's a whole lot of driving. Right. That's, well. Well. I certainly don't like to stop, and that plays into what we were talking about a moment ago with the beach. So it's a seven-hour drive, and uh, I only usually stop once. I'll stop about halfway through. I can I usually stop either in Tifton, Georgia, or uh, like Jasper, Florida, and uh, it it is pretty much the only places I stop because I only want to stop once. That's me. I've had my father was at McDill down there, and we then we lived here, and we were back and forth. So I've taken that ride many a times. And I'll tell you, uh, I was fine until I got married and had kids. And like you say, I I stopped in Ty Ty, Sylvester, Parrot. I stopped in them all. So I'm with you. If I if my car, well, I'll put an extra gas tank in the back of the car just so I don't have to stop. But when hey, when you get married, have wife and kids, that's all over. Let me tell you. Hey, uh, and Jeff, uh, just so you know, Brooks has rejoined the, the studio now, so if you needed to oh, uh, have some Robertsdale oh, comments. I didn't know. I, I didn't, uh, I, well, I mean, I didn't even know Robertsdale had a – yeah, they do. They did, uh, I just didn't know he was from there. I thought he was more down towards – well, I guess – I thought he was actually from Bay Manette and, and a little further down. I didn't know he was from Robertsdale. Yeah. But, um, Go yeah. Bears. <laughs> Are you? Go Bears. Your dad's not a sh- – your dad's not a sheriff there at Robertsdale, is he? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Because okay. I, I, we, we were talking while you were gone. I am so glad that they bypassed, and just because I get stopped every time I go through. Not every time, and but uh, it's not just me. It's just anybody. Let's like, say, like you say, the, they the, don't want the corridor of Loxley, Robertsdale, and Summerdale are all. You got to watch how fast you're going because they will yeah, get you. Exactly. They don't want to give you five miles, I'll tell you. Especially, but, but uh, I was wondering if your dad was a sheriff, and that's how. And I, 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 I may have uh, participated in some small way of paying your college tuition. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, if you'd like no, to contribute uh, to the student loan payments, you can. Oh yeah, no, uh, uh-uh, uh, I won't. I, I don't. I've got those of my own right now. Well, I don't have them yet, but I will. I'm sure. But hey, you all get back to some sports call. It was good talking to y'all, and I'll talk to y'all later on. Oh, Tom, are you on the show every day now? Uh, three days a week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Three days. Yeah. Okay, I was about to say I've heard you three days in a row, and I think, well, shoot, I don't know if that's a good thing for you or not, but uh, <laughs> it's good to hear from you every day. I, I, I enjoy every day that I get a chance to be on here. So uh, Thursdays and Fridays, I would do it too, but I have my other jobs on Thursday and Friday that, that get me busy. So nice to be I'm on here at least happy. three out of the five. Yes, sir. All right. Well, good to hear from you all, and I will uh, talk to you all later on. Maybe we should uh, – maybe, Tom, Yeah. we should get you in here five days a week, and we can just start Sports Call the Bar – 
and then you, we could just mic you up and while you're serving drinks oh, we just God. you know throw you, you could talk to us uh, you might hear some stuff on the air that you'd have to have a bleep button to uh <laughs> yeah have Pre- a little have to have a little red button have to have me on about a 10 second delay appreciate that phone call jeff uh yeah sometimes we do get off the tracks and that's fine because uh it's there are other fun things to talk about in this world than than sports now sports is our primary concern here but uh uh, you guys know me well, and I am uh, concerned with food always, too. Uh, I literally woke up this morning at 645 Eastern Time, and I said, am I going to stop for lunch somewhere today, or am I just going to go all the way to Auburn? Well, that's what I was concerned most about. I said, just texted my fiance about dinner. So There you go. Yeah, Tom, what, on the what do you have on the menu tonight? You, I, I don't know yet. I, I, I am now hungry because of all the food talk, <laughs> but I, I, I honestly don't know. Now, I have food. I have tomorrow is already planned out went and, yeah. bought, went and bought the groceries for that today and that's going to be it's going to be steak and taters yes sir because love it the 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 lady the lady requested a steak and you don't have to ask me twice what if i were to request a steak i'll cook you a steak man <laughs> all right well this is this is going better and better <laughs> uh all right, let's uh, let's go back to our Auburn Bank phone line three three four eight eight seven thirty four locally toll free one triple eight nine Tiger nine. Next up on the show, Daryl from Auburn. Daryl joins the program. Daryl, how are you doing? Fine. I'm not going to talk about sports. I'm going to talk about uh, eight hour drives to Florida and speed traps. Okay, there were several of those today for me too. Yep. Okay. Um, my mom-in-law, the former mom-in-law, lived in Orlando, right outside Disney World, and it was an eight-hour drive. And we always stopped at Tifton uh, on the way down, sort of like you, you know. Yep. Before you get on the I-75 going down to Orlando, I don't know what it is, going to Tampa. But um, uh, we always made that stop, and then coming back, my kids were like one and three, coming back and i had them in the truck and then you know of course between i don't know albany georgia and right below fort benning there's nothing except peanut fields you know so right below fort benning it's chattahoochee county i think it is yeah i think that's right okay the only time i ever got a speeding ticket was in chattahoochee county i was trying to make it to the mcdonald's outside fort benning in columbus and I was speeding. It's the only speeding ticket I ever got. Because I, all I heard was, Daddy, Daddy, I got to go Chi-Chi. Daddy, Daddy, I got to go Chi-Chi. You know, so I was traveling through Chattahoochee County. And then, sure enough, I got pulled over. Dang. And then, you ever seen SpongeBob SquarePants? Uh, yes. Yes, varying episodes, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, red and blue lights. And all my kids could, ooh, pretty lights. And then the officer came up to me, sir, uh, I'm pulling you over for so-and-so. Do you have any weapons in your vehicle? I was like, no, just the two in the back and the baby seats. And, uh, of course, he sort of laughed, but it didn't get me out of a speeding ticket. But uh-huh. if you're coming back from uh, Tifton, watch out, because that's another speed trap. It's Chattahoochee County right outside the Fort Benning Reservation. Yeah, well, and, you know, uh, Daryl, I definitely uh, I think about Georgia more often with speeding tickets. If anyone's been on Florida interstates, the concept of a speed limit is it's very comical. 
uh, down there. Um, it's a loose term, right? Uh, if you're going eighty, you're you're not going fast enough, honestly. Uh, but uh, you get into Georgia, and they start they'll like hang out on the overpasses or, or on the bridges above the interstate because it's also a hands-free state. And so if they're on your phone, they can kind of look down into your car as they go by and see if you're on your phone. It's actually really clever. Uh, so you got to watch yourself in Georgia. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is, I'm talking rural Georgia. I mean, Sylvester, all those little towns, you mean Talbotton, I, I don't know all the names of towns, you know, but, you know, there might be a McDonald's here and there, but mostly it's just peanut fields. But anyway, I just want to share that with you. It's not sports related. Um, and, and I heard a sad thing. Uh, it is sports related. There's an Alabama basketball player that was indicted on a, a criminal investigation. I don't know if you heard about that. Uh, we we certainly did. Uh, Derry smiles. Um, uh, very unfortunate situation. Starting to try and learn more on that situation, but uh, yeah, that, that not not a good one. No, no, you know, and I'm not going to get on my little um, podium and talk about, but you know, sometimes alcohol, guns, and late nights just don't mix. You know, I don't know what his situation is, but uh, I just hope for the best and. Um, prayers be with him and then uh and the victims in the crime so absolutely absolutely hey hey you want to bring it off on and one more topic uh is sports related what time's the game start tomorrow yeah tomorrow i believe it's a six o'clock start so five thirty airtime over on fm talk 93.9 okay usually the pregame show lasts what 30 minutes yep so that's why uh they'll tip it they'll tip off around six but they'll come on air at five thirty. and then daryl it's going to be andy bertram and brad law tomorrow night sonny smith didn't make the trip to baton rouge this time so it's going to be andy bertram and brad law on the call tomorrow okay well yeah the last time i talked on the show i think monday or tuesday you said that sonny smith's going to do the local shows but you know we'll give him a break he's only in his 70s you know maybe he just can't make the ride because of all the gas station stops he's going to make so yeah, I, I do think it's uh it's tough to travel, and I think Sonny's even older than that. He might be in his eighties by now. So uh, he's yeah. been uh, a couple of years now. He's been just uh, going to these Auburn games, and he might go to the road game in Tuscaloosa, but that'll be about it. Okay. Well, like I said, I always look for him to be the color analyst, you know. But uh, Brad Law is picking up the slack, and uh, I, uh, I I just enjoy listening to the show, and then I'll I'll make sure. I guess I guess listen to you guys for about five thirty, and listen. Not to the economic news, but the pregame show for the basketball game. Yep, 5.30 tomorrow. That's what will be coming on. Okie dokie, Smokey. I'll talk to you later. Sounds good, Daryl. We appreciate that phone call as always. That is Daryl from Auburn joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. Uh, good call from Daryl right there. Yeah, I think the the Georgia interstate stuff, and he's talking about some, some rural highways there uh, coming off the interstate, coming back towards Auburn. Uh, th- yeah, there's definitely some areas that uh, speed limit goes up to 65 for a while and just riding some empty fields and that sort of thing. And uh, I'm, I've gotten very familiar with that drive over the last couple of years. Um, lost count. I could If I bored everyone for approximately five minutes, I could come up with the exact number, but probably approximately 20 drives to – the Tampa area the last two or three years. Certainly love doing that, win or lose for the Bucks. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of driving, so you get familiar with uh, 
with a lot of different speed trap places and uh, some towns that get down to 45 or 35 and, and just this, that, and the other. We're, we're just talking road tripping here, essentially. Jeff started it. We <laughs> talked about the uh, the trips to the beach and how uh, the Bucky's there sprouted up here. I don't know. What do you say? A decade ago? Maybe I wouldn't even left. say it was a decade ago. Five years ago? Yeah, it was probably like five years ago. Five years ago. Uh, and... Um, how this Bucky's is going to impact all of our lives for better or for worse, for richer or poor, uh, just uh, one mile down the road. So uh, there's a lot of opinions. I've get, I've never been. Um, As I said earlier, I think it's an experience everybody needs to have once, but if you know, you don't necessarily have to have it a second time. Yeah, I, I, I can, I can see why there. Uh, let's go ahead and take our first break of our number three. When we come back, we might get back on track, might return to the sports world uh, for another segment. Stay tuned. This Tuesday edition of Sports Call continues in a moment. is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call. I'm your host, Ryan LaVoy. I've got Tom Peavy and Brooks Childress with me on the show today. We've had a lot of fun mixing up the topics today on this Tuesday, a topical Tuesday. I, I heard yesterday uh, Tom uh, potentially having some uh, – you guys were doing some quick hitters. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, that might be something to think about in the future, just saying. Tom's three takes. Tom's takes or three take yeah. Tom. Tom's Tri- triple, triple take Tom. Triple take Tom. Yeah. I don't know. We're, we're, we're going to work on that. We're going to think of something uh, and triple start rolling T. with it. Because uh, Tom, Tom's back on Tuesday, so you can just have an enormous amount of T uh, words if you had Tuesday and Tom and takes and all I'm that. I'm ready to get back into the town name Tuesday. I, that was one of the things when. Uh, when I went away from the Tuesday show, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm going to miss Town Name Tuesdays." And now that I'm back on Tuesdays again, yeah, uh, that's one be of coming. my favorite segments. We're going along with Wacky Wednesday. We're going to have to go back in the memory bank before we get back to that mm-hmm. and remember every state that we did, so we don't duplicate. Goodness gracious, nah. we may have to duplicate. Like we'll we just may, do. We may just, have to duplicate we'll just let some. It, I think we just have to let it fly. Uh, speaking of Wacky Wednesday, we were going back through uh, some old clips of the show. And there was a we're, we're gonna have to discuss this off air because we don't want to make promises on air that we can't keep. But those are the best kind. Shout out Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man, Andrew mm-hmm. Garfield. Um, 
there are some segments that we uh, brought up as a potential wacky Wednesday that uh, last year that never came to fruition, and we may have to uh, unearth yeah. in the coming in the near future. <laughs> One of which involves just rolling JJ back in here, <laughs> just stuffing the hottest sauces and hot wings that we can find. I, I still, uh, I am determined that I'm going to do that hot uh, hot sauce challenge. But it was always with JJ because I, I didn't think JJ could handle even the slightest no. bit of Scoville no. unit. Well, yeah. Ryan, I think either your first day or it was JJ's last day where, you know, you said, you know, we're definitely going to have you back on the show. I say we just roll him in on Wacky Wednesdays and make him try stuff. Like, that's yeah, his return. Yeah. It's just every Wednesday he's here for an hour and we just shove the most, you know, disgusting foods into his mouth right. and, like, yeah. hottest foods, everything. So you start getting I think I, JJ's one of those. I just, I figure, like, He's one of those that would, if you give him a piece of a bell pepper, he's going to burn his mouth. And it's like, that's like zero Scoville units. He doesn't do well with jalapenos, man. I'm telling you. I don't know what jalapenos are on the Scoville. They're not much. I mean, they're hot. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, I could see him like coughing and and sweating over a bell pepper. I'm not going to tout myself as some, (laughs) like, clearly Tom can do more heat than I can. I'm not some king over here. I mean, I'm usually between medium and hot at places. So it's not like I'm. Right. going up the charts here um but yeah th- that that boy oh geez spy again spy i think the 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 food i used in that clip was, was spicy doritos used to give him trouble so yeah. No, yeah. he would eat them yeah he would and shove he them would be, and he would be like that's so hot but it's so <laughs> damn good and just keep going and it's like dude if it's that hot, just don't worry about right. it. There's other flavors of Doritos out there, I promise. Uh, so we will have Town Name Tuesday, Wacky Wednesday coming back again. Uh, we're just trying to go through a little bit more of basketball season, but it will return. We do swear. A um, few minutes left before we got to take our final break. We are going to talk a little bit more sports right now. I, I know everyone's now booing me at home because they were now on the Bucky's train. And, oh and uh, speeding tickets in Georgia and that sort of thing. But uh, I do want to get to the college basketball slate tonight. Uh, four SEC games and then some top 25 games going on tonight. Right now, just a uh, – jeez. They, they have to play this, I know, but they really don't. Uh, South Carolina is hosting Ole Miss right now. That's the first game up in the Southeastern Conference tonight. It's 10-4 to Ole Miss, four minutes in. Honestly, you could have shoved this on the SEC Network Plus and no one would have cared. Uh, Yeah. Well, they're actually trying to get things that people want to pay for, Brooks. Uh, What's Campbell doing tonight, you know? (laughs) That might be more entertaining. But So Ole Miss in South Carolina has tipped. That one is in Columbia. Uh, Six o'clock. I'm not going to give you TV designations because I don't want to interfere with the TV guide. But number uh, nine, Tennessee at Mississippi State. Tennessee favored by five, it looks like. Again, don't really know what to do with Tennessee after that loss to Kentucky. I still think they're a really good team and this, that, and the other. But their status as an elite team uh, is now very much a a question mark. And then for Mississippi State, uh, they just would like to see a jump shot go in. Goodness gracious! Three pointer after this weekend, because I because you mentioned the points in the paint stat, it kind of has like a negative for Auburn. I think it was forty to twenty four if memory serves. But that means you know you take some free throws out. They only hit a few mid range jumpers too. I mean, not only did they not hit a single three, they only hit a few outside the lane. Period. Right. Uh, Because they scored sixty three points, and a lot of those 
other 23 were free throws, mm-hmm. probably double digits of them. So you're looking at five or six jumpers they made the entire game. Uh, do you do you smell upset alert for Tennessee there? Or, I mean, does any... I, I definitely can see upset alert. I, I don't think Mississippi State's a bad basketball team at all. And, and I, I always try to give people the, the home court advantage. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that happening. Uh, you know, Tennessee has been one of those, uh, you know, kind of a streaky team, hot and cold, hot and cold, never really know what you're going to get. Mississippi State's pretty solid. So, uh, I, you know, I could definitely see uh, an upset at the hump. You got number four Alabama at Vanderbilt uh, tonight. Bama favored by eight and a half. Alabama just demolished LSU. Yeah. Beat them by 40 over the weekend, scored 100 points. Um, the line's still eight and a half, though, because, again, you just you never know with road teams on the in the SEC. Vanderbilt, though, and we're going to talk about this when, when Auburn eventually plays them, but Vanderbilt with, again, the, the most unique home court. Yeah. Uh, with the benches under the baselines, I don't know if I've ever gotten you got your, your opinions. Uh, do you do you like that it's unique, or do you think it's just flat out stupid? I, I like the uniqueness of, it. and not even just that, but just the uniqueness of just the the triple tiered kind of a theater. I mean, it's kind of what it looks like. It looks yeah. like you're like in an old timey theater, and the basketball is played up on a stage on a on an elevated stage. It, it's you don't see that type of anywhere um now as far as that game goes alabama should blow them out right? like on paper in any statistics that you look at auburn uh, auburn out bleh, goodness gracious the other one the other one <laughs> alabama alabama ought to run vanderbilt out of their own home court however it is vanderbilt that is a weird place uh vanderbilt not a good team but not just a South Carolina atrociously bad, uh, and I didn't know this, but you know, from reading some of the Alabama comment, Alabama fan comments, apparently Alabama has had a lot of struggles in Memorial Gymnasium. Um, they referred to that on the basketball level as Jordan Hare Stadium, where Alabama always has trouble here in Jordan Hare Stadium. Inexplicably, like some of the best Alabama teams that they have fielded come to Jordan Hare Stadium and just forget how to play. And Alabama fans look at Memorial Gym as the same way with the basketball team. Great Alabama team going to Memorial Gymnasium and all of a sudden just can't figure out what to do. Does that happen tonight? I don't know because I I think Alabama this year is on a different level than we've seen Alabama basketball. They've got one of the best players, if not the best player in the country, on their team right now. Vanderbilt's got to guard him. Apparently, LSU forgot that that guy was on the court and just didn't guard him. <laughs> just like, yeah, best player in the country. Like, yeah, we're not going to put anybody on him. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, I, I still think Alabama is just that darn good this year that they're going to take care of business there. But it could be sneaky. I, I agree on paper. Alabama should blow Vanderbilt, you know, out of the gym, out of the city of Nashville. The biggest thing, though, I think, and it it can't be you know un- understated. Alabama, you got to think of how much basketball they've thought about in the last couple of days. The everything that went down with uh, with my with their player Darius Miles happened Sunday. Yeah, you get on a bus, a plane to go to Nashville on Monday, <clears throat> and then you're up there today. You know to get ready for that game. 
you you know i'm sure they didn't you know i'm sure after everything happened they if, if they had practice sunday it was cut short or they didn't have practice sunday what type of practice they got in yesterday what what is the team like what is the team's mindset going into this game now they're a better basketball team than vanderbilt there's there's no doubting that they've got a a, a potential lottery pick on their draft team or on their on their basketball team they are a much better team than vanderbilt but how much have they been thinking about basketball these last two days, and how much will that play <clears> into going into a a place that, like you noted, they struggle. A lot of teams struggle when they go to Vanderbilt. It's a weird environment, and it's on the road. And it's on the road in the SEC, and so if that all could culminate in a perfect storm of a, in a Vanderbilt upset, I don't think it'll happen. But I think the game could be a lot closer than it would and than it should be because of all those uh, all those uh, factors. The, the only the only I guess the only thing that I see with that as far as that factor, sure could it play into that? I don't think that something like that would factor into if he had suddenly died or it would you know in a car wreck or something major injury, something that your brain is on that because that's something out of your control. I would think I would hope. And I think it would be my mindset if I was on the team is I'm looking at that situation going, all right. He's like, well, you're an idiot. You chose to do something stupid, and, you know, we're going to move on. Was it our teammate? Was it our brother? It's like, yeah, but, you know, you chose that path. That's not a path that chose you. Now, if he was the one that got shot and killed, sure. Emotions, I, I completely get it. But he is the one that chose that path. He's the one that chose that decision. Yeah, it sucks that that's your guy, but, you know, you move on. You chose to do something stupid, and you're going to have to deal with it, and we move on. I hope that's their mindset anyway. The update I saw uh, probably 30 or 45 minutes ago is saying that uh, Miles did not pull the trigger, that he's the one that supplied the gun. Um, right. We're going to have a lot more details have to come out before everything. Um, but still incredibly serious no matter what there. But, sure. Um, I, you know, I still think it's possible, though, on on Alabama's mental state. I get it. I, I think it would be worse, obviously, if he was the one that passed away or was shot or, or that sort of thing. But still, I mean, that's part of your basketball team that's no, now no longer part of your basketball right. team. Yeah. I, it won't affect them. It was, if they get over the mental aspect of it, they'll be fine because he did not factor into their actual basketball team. He was a bench player last year, and this year he'd been injured. I think he only played in a couple games, a couple minutes. I mean, sure. he so he won't affect them as a team, but just their mindset. It, it will be interesting just to do a, a status report of that. And, uh, again, a road game at Vanderbilt be interesting. Vandy's still one of the bottom half teams in the league, but – Road games, you know, they're not South Carolina, so <laughs> we'll see. And then the uh, last SEC game up, uh, Georgia and Kentucky tonight from Rupp. Georgia at 13-4 and four on the season. Better record than Kentucky. Kentucky is 11-6. Yet, this is the biggest spread of the, of the night. Kentucky's favored by 11. Yeah. I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's just after the weirdness that's happened the last week with Kentucky – I don't know. I'm a little surprised to see it. And I know it's all about ultimately how the, the betting, how the betters start betting it. And then it can fluctuate based off of that. But I mean, they might, they might be Georgia. They might be refocused, but I, I, my thing is it, it, it's hard for me to bet against Kentucky just because it's still John Calipari coach team. It's still a team full 
of some of the best recruits that money could buy that you're getting there in Lexington, it's hard to bet against them because you just know they're loaded with talent. Now, what in the heck happened to them with South Carolina is inexplicable. And what has happened to them in some of these other games, I don't know. But then they showed their potential against Tennessee. And so, I, you know, I I would kind of be fearful if I'm a Georgia fan going in that one because you might be catching that buzzsaw starting to get cranked up. That Tennessee game, give them that positive vibes and kind of momentum. Uh, you know, that might, uh, might, be, it might be something you don't want to do. But Georgia's also not a bad team. So that could be interesting. I'm just I'm not willing to bet against Kentucky right now. That's fair. And I think based off that betting line, a lot of people agree with you. Yeah. Uh, so that's the slate in the SEC tonight. Again, tomorrow, Auburn will be in action against LSU. We'll break down that game tomorrow and the rest of the SEC, what we've seen tonight. It's, again, a very weekly thing. And also just how we grade these teams out. Very week to week. A lot can change in just a couple of games. Final commercial break of the show when we come back to the Nightly TV Guide. This is the Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Don't want to call into the show? Send us your thoughts via email. You've got mail. Sports Call at the Tiger.fm. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. couple minutes of sports call for this Tuesday. Ryan, Tom, and Brooks with you here. Had a lot of fun today. We talked basketball. We talked Bucky's. We talked uh, just happenings on the roadways, roadways, excuse me, in Georgia and Florida. Food. We talked Texas Roadhouse, yeast rolls, steak. Not about Texas, but about locally. Right. We've had a lot of Texas businesses. Yeah, Bucky's is yeah. a Texas. Whataburger is it Whataburger? Whataburger is Texas. Yeah. Gosh, Texas. I mean, taking over. Texas is taking over. Yeah, I bet they don't take over the SEC though in football. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's yeah. going to be Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, just a minute or so left in the show. Time to do this. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Brooks Childress, a very quick nightly TV guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. That's right. I'm not giving you any movies tonight. All sports to this time. So buckle up, get ready. College basketball action starting for you at six o'clock on ESPN. It is the number two team in the country. Kansas Jayhawks is the number 13 team in the country, the Kansas State Wildcats, a battle in the state of Kansas. Also at 6 o'clock on ESPN Dose, it is number 9 Tennessee visiting Mississippi State. Talked about that a little bit earlier. Also 6 o'clock on ESPNU, an ACC clash between two teams that are not top of the conference. It's Florida State visiting Notre Dame tonight. Uh, also at 6 o'clock on FS1, Creighton visits Butler. Then the late action for you in college basketball, ESPN at 8. Georgia visits Kentucky, ESPNU. Baylor visits Texas Tech, FS1, San Jose State visits New Mexico. In the NBA tonight, the Toronto Raptors visit the Milwaukee Bucks at 6.30. Philadelphia 76ers visit the Los Angeles Clippers at 9, both those on TNT. And of course, 
the Australian Open. Day three action on ESPN2 starting at 8 o'clock tonight. Rafa Nadal back in action today. Won his first match the other day. And I watched some of that. I did as well. So he's back in action tonight. And that is a look at our nightly TV guide brought to you by friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Thank you very much, Brooks. You're welcome. And Tom, thank you for being here. See you again tomorrow. Absolutely. I'll be here. And we thank all those who tuned in and called in as always today. And we thank Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. For Tom Peavy and Brooks Childress, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Have a great Tuesday evening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.